Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Student Films, Jay. I'm joined as always is my co-host, the ending being all a dream, Z. How are we doing today, Z? I'm pretty good. I love student films. I don't know if you've seen a lot of student films. Half of men like that. Especially, is, this, is this from experience of some yes, kind? I went to watch, it's the last semester out of school, yeah. um, I went to see like a Halloween film festival. Yeah. At least two of them ended that way. Really? And it was, and it, not even that, it was a dream. It was the like, either it was a dream or the one where it's like, oh, I'm in a medical hospital. It's an oh. experiment. And experiment number 1545 has failed. Bring the next one. That's also awful. That's just like a, that's like a Black Mirror thing as well. So, yeah. It's every, every weird sci-fi nonsense one. The movie. They live a time loop or whatever. Repo Men. Horrible, horrible, horrible film. One of the, like, a really, really bad movie. Probably Jude Law's worst. Well, actually, and Forrest Whitaker. They're the stars. Two great actors. Some of my favorite movies ever, the two of them, right? Between them. Yeah, between them. Terrible. Horrible, horrible film. And that's, that's like, the ending. It was actually a dream. It was like Harry Potter, and he woke up under the stairs. The plot of, the premise of Repo Men is that it's, like, in the future where they can, like, they have, like, genetically engineered organ, uh, organs. And so it's like, oh, you know, you're going to die of a heart transplant or whatever. So, like, now you can just buy them, right? Oh, but you can't pay your yeah, you can't, heart, you pay, heart yeah. mortgage. Yeah, your heart mortgage. Exactly. So they, so they come heart. and repo it back. but And so you die because they, they just cut your heart out. But they're, like, legally allowed because, you know, it's, like, dystopian. And it's a horrible capitalist. future. Yeah, it's like a... You can be bought and so. sold. I was told once I'd make a good repo, man. You probably would. You have that, you know, heartless nature to you. Hey, you got to pay those. You got to pay for it. I'm so, gonna take your car. But then the twist is that Jude Law, now he needs the repo because he's, you know, he needs the organs. He gets in a car accident or something. It's like now you need the oh god Jude Law, and he's like oh oh the horror of what I've been doing this. You whole have time. to be faced with the consequences of your own actions. You get it. Yeah, and they came, and then they came for the Jude Laws, and but then, I said nothing for I was. Not and then a it's Jude like Law. They, it was it was a dream. Oh. At some point, it becomes a dream, and it was—it wasn't the whole time a dream, but at some point, we cross over, and we it's like—it's like, oh, the last thirty minutes were a dream. Fuck you! And it's like, thanks, thanks, Forrest Whitaker. He goes for it. Ooh, this could be this could be close. <laughs> might be a cut out of the episode kind of thing. <laughs> you might need to cut. All, you might need to edit all of this out. Every every minute of this. It's all right. It's only been three minutes. Yeah, I was all right. It, <laughs> is, it is Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. We're in, we're safe. Nothing better than the builder being like, <laughs> is he in that movie? Or am I doing a racism? I don't think that's racism, but... Depends who you ask. No reason. I mean, you ought to be sensitive to it, at least, but... Well, we try to be. Mm-hmm. And if we're wrong, we just snip, 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 get rid of it. Speaking of things I wish I could snip out of my memory, uh, Wheel of Time Season 2. It's here, baby. We didn't know it was coming up. Last Hotly week. anticipated. I knew it was on the... Oh, we knew it was on the horizon, but I thought it was 100 million years away. I mean, it may as well have been. It's practically been 100 million years. What is so this? We cover this episode, what? First 20 episodes to cover this show? Had to be, yeah. Pretty early on. And uh, we finally got it again. Remember last week we were like, when's Wheel of Time coming out? We are like, oh, next week. Guess we'll start. Did that thing it, they do, like they do now with streaming shows where they release just the first, like, half the season? Amazon, Amazon in particular does this quite a bit. Don't like it. It's too much. I, I kind of agree. I think we've talked about it before. It's kind of the worst of both oh, worlds. Mm-hmm. Either give it to me all at once. Or, I don't know. Some people probably think it's the best of both worlds because it's like you do get a little bit of that binge kind of feeling at first and then you get the week to week i don't know i just think yeah it's it's maybe it's because we do this and we are like okay we got to finish it this week kind of thing i'm yeah. sure that doesn't help our whole experience but still yeah i think it's a bit it's a bit silly i never understood why they do it i mean even for ahsoka last week like the disney plus um stuff they often will do two two at launch and it's kind of fun but it's also just like i'd almost rather just i mean just spread it out what the hell's the difference right yeah okay you already made the whole thing yeah but um 
Here it is. It's the Wheel of Time. It's season two. The thing the Mid is so very angry. Not the books, though. We like the yeah, books. It's tough. It's so hard to tell if when we are and aren't being like fair and nitpicky book readers. Yeah, to this show because I do think we have that tendency. Um, but I and we probably talked about it when we watched the first season. But it's because the show's not very good anyways, so it's easy to do that, to just fall into that, like, oh, and this is wrong, and this is different, and this is... Like, if the show was good otherwise, I like to, I would like to think that I'm a, you know... Rational enough. We're half, yeah, we're rational. If we're impartial enough, or if it, if it was actually good otherwise, we'd be like, yeah, this is fine. But it's mostly just uninteresting. And a lot of the changes, they, they kind of... There's, there's two different types of changes they make, right? Mm. One is, like, weird um, changes that really aren't important they don't affect much right yeah it's just this weird little like these bits of minutiae that they're like seemingly going out of their way to, draw to, attention to, to either it. change or like they're just so flagrant with like their disregard for what it was in the book where that's again it's like it doesn't really change anything but it just feels like you don't care like you don't care enough to just do it yeah and it's it stands out when you know like like one of the main ones in real last season was that like they make a gwen a tavira and it's like it's a weird to do it doesn't change anything yeah she still gets to do all the cool stuff she does but it's like why though she doesn't wait like it feels so weird like well, we got to make a girl one and then there is some massive like <laughs> like story altering very much like the very foundation of the story in the world that they also change and those are obviously hard to swallow in their own way like you know no two halves no two halves that's probably the very biggest one the, we're gonna get rid of half the forsaken just about just because right? just we need to blow through them cut on time i guess like stuff like that which is like whoa okay this is gonna have far-reaching Im- implications. implications down the road here oh yeah i thought i'll bring up that article while we're sitting here chatting but you remember i, I told that article i saw oh the things that can't happen it, it was like nine things that already can't happen because of season one of the wheel time and it's like love this well let's go i'm sure there's wow like, this inspires a lot of confidence exponential uh, but so we start this season with this is actually one of like this inspired a little confidence in me i'm not gonna lie because they open this season with basically the prologue from okay. the second book. Yeah. So second season gets the second book prologue. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on board with this one. Now it's it's definitely altered, right? So the second book opens with what's called the Dark Friends Social. Um and we see it from the perspective of uh at the time like a random seemingly like an unknown dark friend at that point, who then goes on to have more of a role in the story and stuff. But for all intents and purposes, it's just, you know, a random dude. A random dude who's like meeting up with a bunch of dark friends and getting some some orders and stuff. And that's kind of what we see here, more or less. But we see it from the perspective of a little girl. Yes. Who wanders in. Because they're in Telelonroid, which is the dream world. The world of dreams. So we assume, we can assume that she appeared there in a dream. She's dreaming and she just happened to stumble in. Because that can happen. Which is part of the, yeah, part of the lore. Part of the thing. Uh, she sees a bunch of Trollocs running at her. So I didn't think Trollocs were in... Yes, it's, it is a little confusing in that sense. Because that's why I thought it was... The like, only reason I know we, we discovered this at all, really, other than the fact that you can, if you do know the books, you know that that's where they met in the books, but this doesn't really tell you much, because um, you, obviously you're just like assuming in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it tells the... Uh, Amazon, Amazon has that x-ray thing, yeah, and it, it actually tells you the location, so it tells us that this is taking place in Tel Aron Riyadh. So that's the only way we know. But otherwise, it is like, what's what's going on? It's not. It's too like real to. It doesn't. It doesn't give a lot of visual information to tell you this is like a dream or it shouldn't be trusted. Yeah. So like, if they were a little like even if the people were a little bit more hazy. They'd be like, oh, this might be a dream or something. But Ishmael, who has gotten out at the end of you know the last season, is like, we got to get Rand. Um, Go get him, fellas. Come we on. Got to get the guys. Um, and maybe I can bring him under mine or 
or we'll kill him, whichever one. Um, and, you know, this is a little bit of insight into his actual character, because he's all like, if we, we either kill him or we can use him, or if I don't use him this time, then I'll use him in another spin, because this is a Shamael's whole deal, uh, philosophy. The reason he became evil in the first place, because he's like, well, if our whole world is, if we all agree that the world is, is based on this foundation of this wheel of time that is constantly spinning and everything comes back around eventually, then eventually, given enough turns of that wheel, like infinitely, right, then sooner or later, the the, the, the dark one will win and so yeah. win logically battle. speaking you kind of have to side with him because he's going to win eventually and he only needs to win once they need to win every forever time. so yeah. well, that's kind of cool but um so we just get kind of a setup again it's not yeah it, it's, it's not really clear or explained who this girl would be or what's going on there or why like he's like oh look at these trollocs Ooh, I'm, I'm why don't you pet one of hope i'm the forsaken Ooh, look at me why don't you pet one I thought the whole time, I thought she was just going to get eaten. Pen and Fane's looking at her. Mm -hmm. But no, they don't eat the little girl, which is, I mean, that's good, I guess. So we come to realize it's been five months uh, since the last book, or the last season, which I'm okay with, more or less. It's a a pretty big time limit. I think that's a single larger skip than ever happens in in any of the books. Even in this book, they only skip four months with the portal stone. Oh, they do skip within the book, don't they? Yeah, but they only skip... I think it's only two or... Th- is it no, four? It's four. Are you sure? Yep. So, there's they skip maybe one or two months between book one and two. No. They do skip several months between books two and three as well. But in five, it seems like quite a bit. Um, But I think that's fine to get everyone moving. That's not a change that I have any particular problem with. But um, we our, our first actual scene after this is, is Moraine and her little daily ritual here. So, after... Last season, she's cut off from the power, mm. which is kind of going to inform her whole character going forward for a bit here. And she seems to be one of the f- uh, the first of a few characters this season who are definitely like um, like compound characters, right? Oh, yeah. Much together of other people. Which is a common enough thing in adaptations like this. Mm. Happens a lot, especially of fantasy books, which with, you know, big casts and spanning mythoses, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like... That's kind of like the the, the joke. There's that know. there's that uh, thing on the I think I, I told you this or showed it to you right on the Sanderson subreddit where people are joking like this guy wrote up a whole like fake screenplay for what a a Stormlight Archive the TV show would look like. yeah like adaptation would look like and it was it was playing off all these tropes of like you know you combine four characters together and you just kind of take you know half of the stuff and it's you know, to someone who knows the stuff, you're looking at it, and it's like, oh, I can see uh, all the elements going into it here, but it's all just so wrong. It's also, it's all the parts that don't fit as well together, and it's all Frankenstein together horribly. Um, so basically, they've combined Maureen's character here with Swan Sanchez's character in the book, right? Because she gets Swan gets stilled at the middle of this book, end of this book. No, Shadow Rising. She gets oh right, stilled. Shadow Rising takes a while. Yeah, in book four, she gets stilled and overthrown. And the tenants and the whole, the whole tower subplot uh, begins. I mean, this one, obviously. I mean, Swan has yet to appear in the show. In season well, in this two. season, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we just use Moraine to kind of do the same thing. And then we get Lan. He gets to have feelings about that, do sword stuff, be sad, be real muscly, all the good stuff. But it's basically said, and it's this is from the books and stuff as well, that like you need to have a drive. Um, especially as a woman well as a woman or a man for that matter after you've been cut off from the source it's like a really traumatic thing uh and a lot of times they people never recover yeah a lot of times they commit suicide yeah they either commit suicide or just i think it's also kind of said like you can just kind of die wither away you just kind of eat or sleep or anything 
if you don't have a basically enough will or whatever. But Maureen does because she's like keeping her all her stuff going. Like she's she's determined to continue with her mission mission here in absence. Which again, this kind of fits with some of the beginning of book three, where she has all these messengers coming to bring her news of the world while she's trying to keep things going mm-hmm. while they're they're in isolation for several months. Um, and I mean this this stuff is relatively accurate to the book because during book two, she does her and Land go visit uh, the sisters here in seclusion. So this is. This is a different uh, combination here where... So, these characters in the books are uh, Adelius and Van Deen, and they're notable for being Aes Sedai, who are also sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the show here, they've combined Van Deen with Varen, who is... A very important character. Probably, like, top five most significant Aes Sedai, right? Because what well, it's tough because, again, the books do have probably, like, an overabundance of, of named... I said I characters, yeah. I said I in particular, um, who are named and like actually fleshed out to a degree that it's just it's more trouble than it's worth. I feel in oh, a yeah. lot of cases can't it, keep track. It's just of too it. many names to keep straight for not really much payoff for any of them, right? Oh, yeah, they get like maybe one chapter books later. You don't remember who they are. It just feels like a lot of times he's just putting names to them to put names to them instead of just you know, you. saying whatever a, mm-hmm. a gray sister or whatever. Um, but Varen is not one of those. She's she's probably gets the most like points of view of any I said I out of like the the main cast right oh yeah for and, sure and Swan I guess obviously I don't know she's the point is she's up there and she, and she her her storyline has like a long drawn out build up and payoff and stuff so just mission her together with another character feels like a a disservice to her a real, a real one-off character too yeah yeah Van Deen's this was a spoiler but whatever her main thing in the books is like being murdered in like book eight or something that's no, yeah. kind of her defining trait <laughs> and helping uh Maureen um, learn balefire because of a book that's she true had. so when they go to visit when she does go to visit them in book two they're just in seclusion here in their little village in Tefan's well or whatever and they're just trying to write a book about the whole history of the world hmm. and Maureen just goes to visit and, and learns balefire which is good turns out to be pretty useful but yeah infinitely useful I always wondered how, like, if it was just in a book they had, how did neither of them, like, get that out of the book? Like, what was, how did she manage that? But it, it probably was, like, a buried thing. How did no other I said I, like, oh, oh this is, like, a, a weave that'll destroy everything. But I, obviously you know this, Jack, but I find Varen fascinating. She ends up being one of my favorite characters in the whole thing. I think she's, like, really well written. Um, She's got a lot of layers to her. Mm, yeah. Right? That's her thing, is that, like, She's brown, which are like the the book learning, uh, scholarly Aja, and she really plays it up to her benefit. She's also very old, which she also plays up to this image of like, oh, I'm this like bookworm grandma, scholarly grandma type, and she and she acts all flighty because that's like very uh, common among their Aja to be like, oh, I just got my nose in a book. I don't really pay attention to the world. Um, but she's she's very much not that. Mm-hmm. She's actually like really aware, and she's just doing that as like a uh, a to. Uh, was it subvert people or yeah. dissuade them most of the time? And then there's even like further depths to her character that we get into later and in, in later on in the series. So I don't know. I feel like just mushing her with um, Van Deen here. She, she there's a, a little bit of that in some of the in like the second episode here. But in general, she just she doesn't have quite that Varen quality thing going to her. On. Yeah, which I guess I, maybe it's just the way they're using her here because who's she gonna trick? Right? She's mm-hmm. surrounded by like her sister, her sister, and her warder, and then like you know. Another I said I am war, so it's like I guess 
that act wouldn't work very well. But the thing is, in the book, it does work. Like, it works on Moraine. Like, the first time we're introduced to her is in a Moraine chapter where she's like, ooh, okay, I've been taken by surprise. So, because even Moraine's like, I remember when I was an accepted and she would, like, sneak us cookies and was all grandma-like. And then all of a sudden, she comes in and is, like, dropping knowledge on him. And she's like, ooh, okay. I kind of went trip to Swan. We got to watch out for this one. Hmm. So, we do get Tomas, though. He's cool. He he seems suitably Tomas-like to me. Oh, yeah. Older. Nice old water guy. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Lan is struggling with this because she's not wanting to fill him in on the stuff, basically. Uh, we get Bail Doman, who goes on to be pretty significant in the books Yeah, pretty well. important for Matt's storyline. Yeah, he shows up quite a few times. Uh, most notably in the first book when he they take a ride on his boat. Oh, yeah. But they didn't do that, so. No. No, they didn't. Uh, so then we cut to Egwene and her and Nynaeve are in the tower and have been so for, uh, well, the intervening months, right? And they're just kind of like clawing away, doing the doing the, the busy work and the and the setting mm. that is expected of novices. I thought this was all fine, right? This is yeah. I liked uh, I liked the um, the Alana comes in. She she makes them like uh, filter like uh, dirt from water to make it clean, which I thought was a suitably like novice I said I kind of scene. To like do the thing, uh, Nynaeve is being very stubborn, and she just won't do it. Uh, and she's like, "You got to kind of do the thing, and or can't do it." Yeah, which uh, is also that's that's all. It's all her thing. Accurate. Uh, yeah, she yeah she kind of ref- she can't she kind of can't or she's unsure so she refuses so it kind of just digs her deeper into her block. Uh, so then she just kind of is defiant and drinks dirty water. Um, which they kind of let her get away with, which normally in the based on the book they probably wouldn't have. You would notice that quite a bit. They're very uh. The two of them are quite like rambunctious in this, in a way that in the book it's implied that the the discipline in the tower is much much more strict. Oh yeah, not that they aren't little you know troublemakers in the in the books as well, but they're less like outwardly yeah outward insubordinate yeah exactly precisely. Um, Alana herself is she's cool. I I do am enjoying her so far. She's another one who ends up being a relatively notable. I said I character. Mm-hmm. Um, they also do, though, do seem to have maybe combined her with another one being Morel. Yeah. So she might be doing the role of both of them. Uh, we get introduced to the Keeper of Mistress of Novices. Yeah. Uh, Shiriam, who this is a departure from how she's depicted in the books. Because in the books, she's like of, a, of the same age, pretty much. They were all like okay. coming up at the same time as Alana and Moraine, Moraine and, and Swan. Whereas this one, she's very old, which. Like, uh, again, according to like the lore, which for her to appear very old, that means she's like hundreds four, of years old, four or five hundred years old. No, I don't think it's quite that much. I don't think they live. Oh that yeah, long. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think it's that. more like two to three somewhere because right, of the Othrod. Yeah, we get this. We, we she doesn't do or say much in any of the rest of these episodes, but we do get a glimpse here of Joya Biar, who is also well, I won't say for any aspiring <laughs> book readers. Book readers and or show watchers, but we and then we get Leandrin, who we did have last season, who th- also maybe is a compound character. It's hard to say. She's a she's if nothing else a big departure from her depiction in the books. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, we get to Perrin. He's writing letters. He's writing letters. Which, they got a good mail system like that. Yeah, I th- had that same thought. Like, how are these letters getting all over the place while he's on the hunt for the horn? On the hunt, like he's constantly on the move. How would any letters be getting to him? But. That's fine, whatever. So they're on the hunt for the horn, which is, you know, what the great hunt the book is about. The only the big difference being, right, that it's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> they're all there. Perrin and Matt and Rand are all together instead of being... There's a big army of Shannarans to go with them. I think it's a... 
I think it's a party like this. I, don't think it par- it's, I, thought it was I, I would think it's more, but I don't think it's much more. Much more. They're, they're moving quick, you know? Oh, that's true. Uh, I think it's 20. I think it's exa- specifically 20. So it's more than that, but, yeah, but not, not crazy more. Um, we're introduced to a uh, new character, Elias, who's helping them track. Who is uh, another compound yet another character. compound character because oh. they're combining Elias and Hurin uh, Hurin Hurin who is a sniffer Hurin in the book can like he's got like a non-channeling magic ability where he can like smell violence one of the weird one-off things Robert Jordan puts in like men yeah there's a there's a handful of those right at the beginning those are less and less as time goes on but he was kind of just right, right at the beginning the there's a lot of that yeah it's it's just yeah, weird it's, magic um even Parents Wolf magic is kind of like that uh and Elias who it, in the first book, teaches Perrin about the wolf magic and is there when he first acquires it and he's like, guess what, buddy? You do wolves now. That's kind of your you thing. You talk to wolves. You're a wolf guy. Uh, so he's there. And throughout this, these first couple episodes, uh, Elias can clearly tell that Perrin has this power like he does. Mm. Uh, and Perrin is like, I don't think I do. So he, so he's now kind of a sniffer. Well, that's the thing. It's, it, seems they've, it seems they've kind of combined them because it yeah. seems like Perrin also can... Do the sniffer ability. Do the sniffer thing of like violence was done here and like have a vision of it, which is weird. I don't. And I have guess a, they just combine and have a vision thing. like just fully of the past without noticing like a bunch of flies. Yeah, I don't know. Also, they give Elias yellow eyes the whole time and not Perrin. I assume it's like a thing of like he hasn't embraced it enough yet. But in the yeah, in the book, it's very much not his choice. He just like wakes up one morning and his eyes are yellow and they're all like, "What the fuck happened to you?" And he's like, "Ooh." And everywhere goodness. everywhere he goes, it's an issue with everyone he meets, pretty much. Um, until he gets a big enough army that no one can like stare at him anymore yeah, but that hasn't happened yet or maybe never happened I do like Uno I will say that he's maybe one of the most accurate uh, book to show characters they've done yet oh yeah he's got the eye patch with the eye drawn on it I wish it was more red and, uh, and like noticeable yeah. but I'll take what I can get he's suitably gruff and swearing he's swearing there's a bit of cursing yes. uh, we also have Mishima but he doesn't I didn't even know it was Mishima. Well, I knew. I figured kind of one of... Or Mishima. Mishima is a different one. Mishima? Mishima? Whatever. Too many characters. We knew he had to be there, but we just didn't know yeah, which yeah. one exactly he was. But he does more stuff later. Uh, yeah, more drama. So There's lots of character drama that they ham up for the show, which maybe is what you have to do for a show, but I find it a little bit tedious at times. I gotta say, Jack. Just a little bit. Um. Okay, so then we have m- m- more drama with, with Lan and Moraine and all that. Um, she gets a poem from Bale. Um and learns that there's fades tracking here maybe, and lands like asking Tomas for advice and he's like, "What do you think?" And Tomas is like, "I don't know, man. Maybe you should just leave if she wants you to leave." <laughs> and then we learn that uh, Nynaeve has been training in like sword fighting with the warders, with Alana's warders, in in this weird like very small sand courtyard in the middle of the tower. Yeah, it's not really how it's described, but that's not a big deal. Yeah, it's. I do think those this guy's dynamic is kind of interesting, no? Yeah, kind of like a thruple. Yeah, they're like a thruple. So in in this version, um, I don't know why he, they changed his name. That's weird. So in the book, Alana, Alana has two warders, but one of them's name is Owen. <laughs> if you remember, guess they were. So they've just gone and changed the warders' names for some reason. They're like, uh, I don't. Owen's too plain. Let's give him a cool fantasy name. Maybe that is a like a Hoven or I like Alana or I like I like Owen. Well, I thought those sometimes you can just have Owen. All right. How do you spell a? <laughs> How do you think it? How do you say it? That's what I thought. But it, it, okay, here it is. oh, it's one L, two N. Yeah, it's not all on. Uh, yeah. So in the book, she has an, a warder named Ivan, or however. So who's here? Yvonne. But her other ones just called Owen, not Ma- Maxim. Maxim? Do you think it's Maxim? Like I have Maxim, probably like Maximum. Cool. 
I think Owen would work up just fine. But I think that's kind of interesting. I want to know where the hell Yvonne's from because he doesn't sound like anyone else we've seen in the show. Maybe he's a sea folk because he's like like black, which is how the sea there the sea folk are described. How they work in the books, yeah. But I mean, we've talked about this before. But this show in general is pretty. They're very multicultural. <laughs> yeah, they're not facets, so it's not really. Even though in the book, it's very like hard to pin down. People are from here. Um, but yeah, the, I th- I do think that's an interesting way to do it. I will say something you and I both observed about this show which i don't remember if the first season was this bad or if, or if it's turned up a little bit for season two here but it is it's very horny you know i mean it was horny last season because remember randon uh, going to have sex in, her, in the tavern but i feel like this one turns it up to love with like the explicit like we're talking about it and stuff um i don't know it just it's, it feels a little off i gotta say because in the books they don't there's a kind of the opposite yeah and you still right. cut away or like imply it. It's it it is implied. It's like it's very much there. It's more so than like say some of Sanderson's books where he's maybe even turned down a, even less on that in oh, terms he, of like yeah. any kind of sexual content. That good old Mormon in him. Right, exactly. There's plenty of like and then it cuts away. Like he, yes, there's no nothing's being described, but you very much pick up on a lot of characters different relationships and things and that's cool and all. Um but yeah, it's a lot more explicitly like hey, in the show like hey, let's have se- oh, yeah, sex. What about se- Sex, am I right? Let's all have sex. Yeah, and they all have five. Okay. I get it. So yeah, in this one, it's like Maxim was in love with Yvonne, and then Yvonne somehow—I don't know how you fall in love with an Aes Sedai. That doesn't seem like an easy thing to do. Seems like that's not from what we know precarious. in the books. Not how that works. No, you go to the White the, Tower to train, or they to be get a warder, you, and then they pick, or maybe they pick you in the wild. But that seems less common. Yeah, usually you just land. Lands kind of the only one we really. You kind of yeah, you have to be pretty good to begin with for that to ever happen. But whatever, fine. So yeah, they're like a thruple thing, which is kind of neat. Egwene walks in on them earlier, just doing it, which is pretty fun. Because it is kind of implied that a lot of the uh, Green Sisters do that. And they, just, they just kill with them. Uh, like it, like Morel in the books, who has mm-hmm. like three or four, and she, she probably bangs them all. <laughs> and some of them don't, or like outside of the green out. I mean, generally, I, the way it's treated is like it's your business. Whatever is going on between you and your warders up to, is only between you and them. Like, yeah. you know, really, even other sisters, you don't really have to tell them or anything, but... Especially within the Green Aja, it seems like they keep that all kind of to themselves. Yeah, they keep their best to themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it is, I do find it strange that she's training with them and that they're not like, hey, don't do that, you're an Aes Sedai. Yeah, that would very much not be the type of thing that they'd be cool with. Just, again, the discipline's very lax. They, I don't think Nynaeve or Egwene at any point call anyone by their honorific, which they get very upset by in the books. Yeah, so. they're very... About that. I they're mean, just like, hey, Leandrin. And it's like you gotta. You're supposed to call Leandrin Sedai. You gotta call everyone Sedai. They're per- they're very strict about that. Which again, maybe we're getting hung up with the tiny things here, but I don't know. Tiny things that build up. That's how I feel. The, oh, see, like this one. She talks to Alana about like. It's, yeah, Gwen comes to Alana for advice about the channeling, and Gwen's and she's whatever. They get she somehow gets it misconstrued that she thinks Gwen is asking for advice about like threesomes. <laughs> And she's like, "What is it? Who's this for? Who is yeah. this l- this little joke for?" Threesomes, I guess. Thruples who are watching this, like, I "Oh." Um, so then Leandrin tries to like force it out of Nynaeve. She's like, "Don't you see how strong you are? You can be strong. I'm gonna throw you around the room." And they're like, "Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe we can do this." I know maybe you killed the last one because you pushed him too hard. There's something to this, and so that this begins their kind of like dynamic here, where Leandrin's taking her under the wing a bit. Uh, Perrin's like, I'm so mad because Padon Fane killed my wife, kind of. And we were both like, oh, shit, he had a wife. Oh, I forgot that's his motivation. Crazy. That he kills his about wife. about that decision. Okay. At Beltine. Interesting. Um, you know, it does, uh, doesn't make sense. So it's supposed to be six months. I guess, I guess they, did it, did it take them six months to get to the eye of the world? 
Is that what yes. I meant to imply? In the, in the book, it takes the a first mo- book is takes, takes a place minute. Aqu- uh, yeah, uh, across quite a quite a time span. I think it's almost a whole almost year. a whole year just for that first book. So yeah, if you say it was about seven or no eight months, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Seven months. I don't know if their months are the same. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> they have more months. Probably have more. <laughs> so there you go. So I think that works out more or less. Okay, yeah. Because I just I was like Beltine, didn't they? But that makes sense because they, they have to walk all the way to the end of the world. Right. They walk all the way. Because yeah, there. the first episode of the sh- the first episode of season one was Beltine. We're already back to Beltine. But I think it works out more or less. Um, then it turns out Leandrin has Matt in the basement, and he's like, "I haven't touched a dagger in months, man. I'm serious. I'm clean." <laughs> so, I it feels like. There's a number of different instances in this show where we're maybe missing a scene or two. Yeah. Because last we saw Matt, he was staring at a portal closing. He was like, hey, I'm not going to come through the portal with you guys because I'm going to go home. And now we're just cut to here and she's like, I got you in the basement. It's like, wait, what happened here? She Did they to- get you with a dagger? Did they do the thing where they cleansed him? It was an eats a lot. And they like unattached him and now he's he's cool. Um, We didn't end up having to go through much of the period of like, I'm evil. <laughs> yeah, the dagger having any real effect on him, which I think is perhaps maybe for the best, because I think those first two books are to the detriment of Matt's because you don't Matt's get because you really you don't get much of him. He's either like being an asshole or like literally in a coma. So I think getting the Matt stuff rolling a little quicker is probably for the best because he's one of my he made my very favorite characters. So um, then uh, then Moraine fights two fades with a knife. So her and Lan have a fight, and he's all like, "Make your own damn dinner." But then he's like, well, I've made the dinner. I need. I, we need to wait for her to come out of dinner. <laughs> um, but then he goes to bring... And he's like, well, I guess I will bring her dinner as she... Literally, as he explicitly instructed. And then he goes to do this when she's gone. And it turns out she was riding off alone. At night. Seemingly because of... The fate. His warning. Bale Domon's warning that there was what she clearly, like, um, you know, a- ascertained to be fades about. And she's like, well, I guess I need to go out into the night now alone. Frankly, like, this is just, like, nothing to do with anything other than the internal logic of this show. That doesn't make any sense. I don't, I just can't even, like, understand what she was trying to do there. Yeah. And she kills him with a knife very quickly, even though they're, like, fading in and out of literal shadows. She doesn't have magic at this point. So She's supposed to be, like, a very smart, like, if there's, it's one of her defining characteristics, I would say, is, like, pragmatism and, like, realism about her, right? Yeah. Like, well, we're not going to, like, you know... Do a stupid thing just to do it. Take stupid risks just to do it and, and, you know... Like, she'll do what it needs to be done, but yeah, she's... I don't know, she's she's very, like, realistic, practical kind of character. So I don't know why... What exactly she was trying to achieve there. What possessed her to be like, actually, today? Like, she was going to ride to the White Tower alone, just in the middle of the night? And start at night? Really, starting in the morning would give you a better head start there. But we do get a decent sword fight, I guess, um, between Lan and these fades. Although he gets cuts to ribbons... Pretty good. And then Ren gets stabbed real good. She gets ran all the way through with a sword, which, like, I know just last week we were like, this happens at Ahsoka, and I was like, what's the big deal? But I don't know. It feels more straight through, and there's more blood. And it's not a laser sword that, and like, cauterizes. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not Star Wars. I just feel like it's different. And she's just laying there bleeding out. And I'm like, you would be dead before they even got to you. You'd be dead almost when you hit the ground. And that's putting aside the fact that the whole those swords in particular are supposed to kill you if they cut you, like poison-wise. They're like Nazgul swords like that, because they're like Nazgul. are kind of Nazgul. Yeah, yeah, they're a little bit Nazgul. But whatever. Lan just gets cut up, and he's like, come on, man, I feel like, and, and as they're like both laying there, presumably dying, he's like, well, I feel like you're not being honest with me. And then <laughs> that's how this one goes. And they get saved by Varen and her sister. Yeah, yeah. And Tomas and, gets and his flaming sword. Varen and... Uh, Elias or whatever her name is, roll up. Also, 
Randall's not actually dead, but we didn't think he was dead, so I don't know why that's like a rumor. I don't know because we see him walk away at the yeah. end of Vile the. Yeah, we knew he wasn't dead, so but we don't actually see anything of Rand in the first episode here. Uh, right, we see him a little bit when Perrin's reading his letter. That's what I mean. We just yeah. see like, oh, he is alive, but we don't know anything he's doing. Um, in the next one, we find out what he's doing. We can see what he's doing. So he's he's, he's in Kyrian. Ky- yeah. What? Which is something that he does do in the second book is hang out in Kyrian and, and do some stuff. Um, and they seem to be kind of adapting that. It's just, it's weird how they, like, I'm surprised um, after the setup of the end of season one, right? Mm-hmm. How much of these first three episodes seem to be in a roundabout way, kind of like getting everybody back on track to just do the great hunt, the second book. Cause I was kind of under the impression that they were going to really start to diverge after the first season there yeah. and try to cover like, some different ground, and, and the fact that they split all these characters up, right? I was like, well, maybe this means that we can have different characters kind of at different points in their progression, right? Yeah. We can kind of s- skip some of these guys ahead a little bit and stuff because, I mean, you know, there's 14 books. Plus, have a good 15 if you count New Spring. Right. I just didn't think they were going to, like, try to do this on a... They, you just can't do it on a one-to-one, right? Right. So I'm surprised from these first three episodes how much I'm like, oh, it feels like they're just kind of doing one book in this one again because yeah if at this rate they're never going to be done oh not at all i've been making this joke since season one but it's like you, you're going to be making this show for 20 years you'll never finish never finish and listen maybe some of the later books are even more ripe for a little bit of condensing something we've talked about good old crossroads of twilight yeah on here crossroads of twilight's not so bad that's number 10 that's the one where nothing happens is it yeah because winter's heart is i not. thought winter's heart's the one that people really I think they're saying like I'm gonna. I think it's both. I think on a list you'll find ten and then nine. There you go. Um, but so yeah, Rand's living in Kyrian, which th- so yeah, some of the stuff he's doing in Kyrian, not really that crazy. Um, but he has a job. The as sort a- of main thrust of it is actually kind of bizarre, completely fabricated for the show, which again isn't inherently. I don't know. My thing about this is it feels like I guess I don't know if anachronistic is even the right word, right? Right. But you know what I'm saying is that in this setting. It seems strange that he's working in a mental war, a like a yeah, like a mental hospital, like a one floor of the cuckoo's nest type fucking like <laughs> one big hallway. Hey, take your meds, guys. We're gonna we'll walk you around because it's like a medieval fucking world with magic society, like or whatever they say. What do they say? In the people 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 like to point out that Wheel of Time isn't strictly medieval. It's more like post medieval. It's like yeah, like like early Renaissance. I mean, hey. It's life sucked in the early Renaissance yeah. too. Well, like yeah, that's pretty much well because there's a. I mean, it's not there's no distinct periods like that in history other than for like our own. Yeah, benefit. looking back, yeah. So the, the late medieval and the early Renaissance are like pretty much the same. The same, but whatever. Regardless, what is what is this? Is this like a state funded mental asylum of some kind? What uh, f- or like because they mentioned that like the richer patients who have like come from rich families they get like better rooms in the sun, so they never go outside. Because Rand just walks this guy up and down the hallway. So it's like, what, what do you, what's going on? It's like a PTSD. Also, the, the other workers, like, harass the other patients. The guy, like, yells and scares Rand's patient. Is like, ha, gosh, you stupid bastard. I mean, it's literally like one floor of the cuckoo's nest, yeah, right? Like, like, it's it's just, I can't find any other way to describe it. Just It's literally like this, like, mental institution of, like, look at We keep mentally ill people here. And we pay people to, like, we pay orderlies to, like, hang out with them and take care of them and stuff. It just seems so strange in this setting to have Randall Ford 
yeah, be like, all right, buddy, come on. It's not really the IEO war. I know you've got PTSD from the IEO war. Tell me about how you would kill a man with a sword. But then there's also, like, as we come to find out, Loghain is there, who is crazy kind of, but he's also, like, actually magically crazy. Like, he's not, like... He gets just mentally uh, ill. He's like, it's a, it's he's a whole ma- thing. It's he's just, magic. Even though in the book, he's not magic crazy. It's like a whole, the whole kind of point. Well, maybe that doesn't even exist in the show, but we'll, we'll get to it. I don't know. Yeah. They mentioned, they didn't mention Mazur. They meant, they, we, we got all our names. We got our, yeah, we do get, there's lots of references. Again, I don't, re- I guess I don't remember because I didn't bother to watch this, the show again because I didn't care much for it the first time. No, no. But there is tons and tons of like, Name drops. Name drops in this show of like, oh, this in Saldea, and this in, in yeah, in a well, that's where that's where Muslim time is. Mm. We mentioned the horn, the hunt for the horn, and Ilion a few times. You know, mentioned Cad Swade. Yeah, they do mention. And Cad they make Swade. up Elydrin. They just make up make another up character. friend. Yeah, um, Maureen and Lan have been healed, and they're they're still drama. Perrin and the boys are looking for the hunt. This is when he gets his sniffing ability because Perrin's like, oh, there's some people in there. And then he's like, actually, they weren't in there. They've been dead for days. And it's full of flies and gross. Yeah. And Elias is like, you got to know the difference between like visions and real. And he's like, mm, okay. Um, and they find a uh, Fade, which has been tortured and like hung up, which seems weird because like who's who's torturing the evil monster, guys? Mm-hmm. But figure that out. Probably Pet and Fame game possessed with the dagger. Yeah, probably. It's always that. Like you're saying, here's Rand helping out our, our PTSD victim. He's like, oh my gosh, and I am in there. Suffer. I don't know what you call that. Uh, Leandrin takes um, Nynaeve around. She's like, look, you can heal kids or whatever with the magic. And she's like, oh, I guess this is pretty good. She's like, don't you want me to teach you? And she's like, well, I never liked you before now, but I guess. I guess this one incidence with a different Aja, the nice Aja, not the man hunting one. Yeah, because she basically shows Nynaeve's whole thing has always been healing. Even in the show here, right? It's like she helps heal people that's that was her job basically right mm-hmm. it was like village doctor and then she comes to to show her like hey look at you can actually like heal people magically with the power you know and she's like so so won't you want to come join the red instead because of how much better our thing is i don't know how compelling that is yeah and know? even in that scene and he's like well i don't really like what you guys do because my new channel aren't like a disease she's like yeah they are yep they totally are i believe that because i'm a red aja Again, which is only further complicated by the fact that within this there's show no here, between the magic, there's no male and female halves, so it's very hard to understand how the men could be so much worse than the women. Like, what what is what is causing that to go crazy? What where does the taint come from? How does the taint work? Yeah, just to spoil it, later on, Loghain tells us that it's literally just made up by the women, which obviously he has, you know, his own biases there he might be unreliable in that sense but it's like yeah what is the what is actually the explanation though in in this in this context in the context and i mean that is part of Logan's plot at some point is that he says that they lie that mm-hmm. he or not that they lie but that he's lied to to become a false dragon and all that um but it's that's a different it's it's very strange also he acts very crazy in that scene yeah he does seem unwell Rand goes, are you crazy? And he goes, no. And then he throws a ceramic pot against the wall and went, I'm totally sane here. Um, Elaine moves him. We're just to Elaine. One of the yeah. very primary characters of the whole show, so that's uh, a good one. A very, yeah. I mean, at least we should shut up quickly. Yep. They do a fun scene where she moves in and she's like, look at all my stuff. I'm the I'm the princess. And she's like, oh, Gawain, you must have moved in too because your room looks like shit. There's nothing in here. And she's like, oh, you're just poor. Oops, my bad. 
Which I don't know. I think it, perhaps they overdid a little. Like they're very much doing up like the oh I'm a I'm a princess and I don't, don't know how poor people normal, live. Yeah, I don't know how the n- normal folk live. But I also think it's kind of fun. Yeah, I, I it's a good know. way to get that point across at least. You didn't. I mean, you didn't have a lot. You didn't, you, you couldn't show her in her house. Mm-hmm. So at least this next best thing. We didn't get her brother, which I guess makes sense. Which he's supposed to be there to train to be a warder. That's I didn't even think of that. Because if because the first time we meet them, we we also meet them together, but it's not in this context. It's in the, the first book. Yeah. Um, but I forgot the fact that yeah, also then all three of them show up at the tower together, anyways. So he could also just be in this one regardless. I don't. That's a very good point, Jay. Makes you wonder why he's not. Makes you wonder why. Well, that's fine. He becomes crazy. He falls in love with the Gwen and goes yeah, crazy. He, he annoys us. He's one of our less less favorite characters. I think the the he's going. probably my least favorite point of view character. <laughs> and that includes the ones that are like one off dark friends who do evil things. Yeah, he gets he's just let yeah, he's annoying. Um they're I don't know what else we got. They go to Tom and Ted. Oh, so Alana and Shiryam argue about Nynaeve cuz she cuz Alana's like maybe don't trust the Red Sisters. Leandrin. Remember one of them, oh, she killed a kid, basically, at <laughs> one time? And she's like, I don't know, man. You know, it's up to them. It's like, thanks. Mistress of Novices, nice job being yeah, a mistress. Sure, yeah. And then they're arguing about, like, well, you better vote. And it's like, is Alana in the, is Alana a sitter now? What does that mean? Yeah. She like, but then the Mistress of Novices is like, well, you can't all talk. You can't, all, you can't bring your fucking fuck buddies with you to talk. To talk in front of the hall. And I'm like, neither of you are going to be in the hall, right? Yeah. Mike? I mean. Whatever. Don't want to hire too many extras. I guess not. <laughs> uh, what else? Man? Gwen finds a secret passage out. Is that where it is? Uh, yeah. It's like the window. There's like air. She can feel the air through the window. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Good enough. Um, We get Perrin and the guys hunted for the horn, stop at a village, and they're going to have some gross fish or whatever, I guess. Isn't that Tormund's head? Well, it's on Tumon Head, which Tumon is like, head, a, right. which is like a, a, big... a region. It's like, like a big peninsula. Right. Um, The village is... A ton's mill. Yeah, a twin's mill, apparently. We get the we do get that kind of moment that we were describing with Varen, right? Where Varen's like, Moraine, listen, I see what's going on here. You got the one of those kids is the dragon, right? And and Varen and see it's a it's even more confrontational though than it is in the yeah <laughs> book by far. Although there is even a moment in the book where Moraine's like, Do I have to kill this woman? <laughs> get rid of her. Um, but she's like literally just like, I'll stab you with this knife unless you promise not to tell anyone. And she's like, you're crazy, Marine. You got to chill a little. <laughs> We're all on take the same it down. team. It'll also, I have magic, so I could kill you if you did Come that. Come on. We're all, we'll be fine. We'll, it'll be all right, fellas. I do like um how, like when Varen says that, she's like, yeah, the Aes Sedai are, don't, want, don't want to admit it, but they're kind of, the world's kind of fucked up. And they think they can just kind of capture the dragon and clip his wings, but that's not what you're supposed to do. There's a lot of talk in this season already in these first three episodes where there's a number of characters who are like the last battle's coming it's like it's like on the on the horizon and it's it feels a bit early for that again because it's not the second season you know second book kind of thing like we're we're ways off of that no one other than of a very select number of characters at this point in the story should have any inkling of that because there's just not really been enough signs yet no one no one except for like moraine and swan and know the signs even know that the dragons is out yeah, in the world. In yeah. about. Yeah, it's only after this book that people even know that something's changed. That yeah. the whole point is that like he fights his second fight with um Ishamael's in this book where they fight in the sky with a flaming sword and everybody sees it in the which air. Which is like what she, what she mentions here, right? Yeah. It's like oh, there's, there's stuff in the books about somewhere about like a fight in the sky with a sword or a flaming sword or whatever the hell she says. But yeah, that hasn't happened yet, so it's not really 
shouldn't be well known that like the last battle's right around yeah. the corner. The, the Stone of Tears hasn't fallen. The yeah. sword that is again. If this, if this was the books, we're like ten books away from that. Like literally, only in book eleven, and they're like, I think the last battle's about to happen, fellas. But whatever. Um. Oh, we also didn't mention, but Lan has, has or uh, Lan Rand has a uh like romantic relationship of some kind with this new character Celine, who is just an innkeeper, I guess. She's nobody important. Sure, she talks about how. You know, Rand completes her and makes her whole and past lives and all that, but it's nothing to worry about. That's probably not relevant. It's definitely not. Don't look into it. Don't read the books. Um. So this is a. So we have Nynaeve uh, sneak away and, and observe this thing with Leandrin, where she's taking care of this old man, which seems uncharacteristic because the Red Aja hates men or whatever. What's this about? And it appears to evidently be her oh, so- son, like literally maybe her yeah, her child, but because she's a I said I she lives to be old as shit. So he aged her, normally. He's aged normally, and so he's like real old now, which is interesting. That's an interesting thing to do in this series, like this, right? Mm. When you're dealing with that kind of thing of like, oh, I live forever, and I'm cursed with kind of my own immortality, kind of thing. That there is uh, something interesting to that. I don't know why they've picked her character in particular for it, mm. um, but is there a, it is. There's a through line of these couple episodes of a specific kind of root. It's like red poisonous root, a crimson thorn. They call yeah. it. And Nynaeve doesn't, they like, are using it in the first healing. She's like, don't use that. That's poison. And they're like, we just dilute it, man. It just, it's like a painkiller. Yeah, apparently if you dilute it enough, it's like a painkiller. If you don't, it, you can kill people with it. Yeah, and she's like, and then Leandra's using it, but not correctly and like kind of killing her son. And he dies? I don't think so. I think he's all right. Or yeah, as, all right as, 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 a, as all right as he's. As all right as a spasming heart pain old man can. Again, this is just, I don't know, this is a whole level that we've never, again, never seen for any character, much less for Leandrin in particular, so I don't know where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Or where um, it's going to go. Very interesting that, again, it is kind of interesting and ironic that, like, Leandrin, of all people, would have a son that she cares about because... Um, She's evil in the books. She is evil, explicitly. But also, Loretta Asha don't... Yeah, they, I mean, they you really do usually, like, hate men. They don't take Like, wars. it's kind of a stereotype of them, even within the series, that, like, oh, they hate men. They don't all necessarily explicitly hate men, but a lot of them do pretty explicitly hate men. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she both, obviously, you know, slept with a man to have a son, and then also it turned out to, yeah, her child turned out to be a man who she also came to love. That is interesting. Yeah. Again, I don't know how it's going to apply to her specifically, but I guess we'll... We'll see. There is talk of, like, different sisters, even w- among the Reds, who, like, still remember their dad fondly, or, like, you know, their brother, or their, co- like, like male family members from their, you Past. know, earlier lives. Yeah. Um, And how they are often, for that matter, like, the more tempered. Yeah. Red Aja is, like... They don't really go as hard on Yeah. It's like, I don't hate men. Like, I liked my dad. I liked my dad, at least. <laughs> my dad was cool. I had a brother who I grew up with. I had a brother. For, like, a 200 years ago. Or, like, you know, I have all these nieces in it. Because, again, sometimes these... I said I live so old where it's like, yeah, like, my, you know, my brother's great-grandchildren, I know. And they're pretty cool. <laughs> I still send them gifts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I, again, it's interesting. I, I'm curious to see how it all play out. Because she's she's all over the place. These first three episodes, where it's it is hard to pin down like if she is just evil or if there's some complexity to her or not. Um, and then Matt s- smashes through into his next room over, where it's just Min, Min from uh, season one, Min season one, Min from Feldara. This is another one where it feels like we've missed something, <laughs> some connective tissue to how she got from Feldara to here. At least we get some kind of explanation. Yeah, she says it, but it doesn't feel very compelling. It feels like you it? just went. Eh, we gotta write this in. Just have her tell Matt where she got. 
Uh, she has a vision. She's like, I see something in you, Matt. And Matt's like, don't tell me. I don't want to know my future. She's like, oh. And then she just sees Matt just stabbing the shit around with a big knife. So that's that's the dagger, right? You think? Yeah. So, yeah. She sees Matt stabbing Rand with the Ruby Hilda dagger, which is interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know really what to do with that. Nothing. In the books, um, her viewings in particular compared to like any there because there's a number. There's like what? Like three or four different ways that of like f- fortune telling within yeah. the series, right? It's dreams. There's like dreams. There's like foretelling itself. There's, men. There's men. And of all of them, hers method is seemingly the most foolproof in that if she sees something and she thinks she knows what it means, yeah, we'll if she has it. confidence in what it means, then that means it almost entirely will happen that that what she what she sees will come to pass. Mm. Um, so that's an interesting one to just be like, yeah. Rand is definitely going to be stabbed by Matt. I don't know. Or they'll just change her powers. Don't know what to or or they will just change it so that it's not foolproof in the book. Or like like in the book, which pro- yeah, that's probably just yeah. as likely. Can't be stabbing Rand. He's the main guy. He's doing so much. I wouldn't think so. He's helping the the insane. Which that's nice. Um Elaine makes some some hooch and okay, see this is this is one of the bits I thought was stupid and hated. Um, is that Egwene's like, Yeah, it's tough because I feel like Nani's not been helping out as much and, and she kind of does whatever me. she wants um and and of course like Nynaeve like rolls up and is like oh, on the other side of the door like oh god they're talking about me I'm so upset come on and also pretty reasonable things to be mad about it's how it feels it feels like Egwene's um concerns are pretty justified um so this stupid right yeah it's just the it's kind of like contrived bullshit, yeah contrived character drama i hate this shit and then of course it like further pushes her into Leandrin's arm because she's like ooh, i can help you out um, and then Leon just like, why don't you come test to be accepted? Maybe like right now, if you're doing no real training of any kind, she hasn't been able to channel at all, but there, that's, it actually makes less sense than in the book, which is that she shows up and they're immediately like, well, you're so you're powerful. already so powerful. Just skip right to it. And this one, they show up and she's like, they, they, they treat her like normal. She does nothing for five months and they're like, well, you must be ready now. Yeah. You, you, if anything, that would suggest she's less right. Like, yeah, she's, cause again, ref- if you, refuses the channel if you throw her right in you're like well look at she's pow- on raw raw power alone we'll throw her right in but now you've had five months to observe just how unimpressive she is you think you'd if anything you'd be like oh no definitely not definitely not. let me take that away but clearly they just wanted to like show it mm-hmm. but also they needed five months to pass so they couldn't you know just give it to her they had to wait to show it to us on screen whatever it's fine yeah. there's only three people there weird I don't know, but everyone that. else was busy. It was it was like third shift. Again, that's just like a thi- little. It's just, it feels like a little thing, but it's just like, but why? Yeah, right? Because in the in the book, it's one member of every Aja shows up, and they, there's all kind of vice that I extras in this. I'm not even saying you needed to have seven named characters or or anyone of note. Just yeah. it's to be able to fill the room. F- five other people to st- or four other people to stand there. Come yeah. on, like is that too much to ask? I, I mean, they did that for the travel Logan's traveling party because some right. of those were unnamed. Yeah, just get him to stand there. What's why would that be so hard? Oh well. What are you gonna do? Um Lana Moran have yet another fight. She sends him away. There there's been like zero progress with these characters in, in across these two episodes. Oh yeah, not at all. People will give Lan advice and then he seems to not be unwilling or unable to follow it. <laughs> or maybe it doesn't even matter. Um but whatever. With the hunting for the horn boys, Perrin, uh they get attacked by what turns out to be um the Sean Chan. There's a classic technique of two guys grab a ga- two guys grab each leg and go and pull. Drag you out of bed for some reason. Why they didn't just stab him? Who knows? 
Well, they they seem to want it. Well, Shamael seems to want him. That's true. We do know Shamael's there, and he wants him. Um, you're right. Um, God, I'll give them that credit at least. The, but the Sean Chan are here, and they have their do their shitty Sean Chan things. Mm-hmm. The Demani mm-hmm. come out, and they got like they're like way worse when you see them because not even like they're not wearing they're they're not. Well, so what's Demani, Jake? Oh, Demani is the the least people, the least women. Not Demani. Yeah. Is it Demani? Yeah. Okay. I was I was confused it. I was just trying to get you to explain it to anyone who doesn't know. Right. Of course. Oh yeah, they're just. Uh, I th- I thought I got the name wrong. I thought I was confusing with something else. There's a lot of things in this book. Well, I don't okay, it's, it is confusing because in the Wheel of Time, there's Demani and there's Demani. Yeah, there's like the place that people are. From. People from Aradaman are called Demani, and then there's the old tongue. Or like Demane, maybe you mm-hmm. cannot. In the audiobook, they sound virtually identical. identical so I don't. But know. these the Demani of the Shan Chan are women who can channel, who have been uh, in the books chained with these Angriel. That make them servient to other women who can channel less, called suldoms. They don't necessarily know it like that, though. They, they don't. That's not how they understand it, because they think channeling's like a horrible sin, like murdering children. Um, and if you do it, you're like a less than an animal. You become like you basically become an animal to them. You become property. Yeah. So they'll like own you, and since you live hundreds of years, you're a slave for like four hundred years or five, six hundred years, depending on how powerful you are. And then they go and around. They use, they use you mostly for war. Almost exclusively for war, or finding precious gems in the earth. <laughs> they do that to Egwene in book two. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, and they go around testing women. So they do that with parents group. They find there's a one of them that goes around and points at the women that can channel, and they take them away to be chained horribly. And they cover their mouths in this one. It's way worse. I I said to you, I think in general, which is th- this is maybe a, uh, actually applies to a lot of the designs in this show. Just in general, but mm. definitely to the Shan Chan in particular, it's a bit it's a bit over designed. I think it's a bit much with all the different stuff they got going on, right? Yeah, the Shan Chan, the soldiers have like they're way too ornate for being foot soldiers. I th- I think so, and the the, the Suldam have like this blue like face paint all up on like up to half their faces and on their thing and their their dresses and whatever armor stuff they got going on is very ornate. The Damani have like mouth guards in for some reason um and seemingly yeah in place of the uh colors yeah what do they call those soul dom or, or no, no they're a dom i doms yeah i doms yeah which in the book is is a it's like a bracelet that the controlling person wears and a collar full chain on the back with a little chain that connects them in this one it seems like that that's probably what the mouth guard thing is, is serving that function i don't mm-hmm. know it's not really clear but again, it's just a bit much. I don't know. They're, just, they're a little bit crazy walking around. Absolutely. And we see a big throne that this high lady of them is wearing, uh, sitting on like a pyramid. She's got a big veil. Yeah, the big veil. It's it's all a bit. She's got like two foot long fingernails. It's all a bit much. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. She was there at the dark friend meeting when we see a Shamael yeah, there yeah. as well. Uh, then we open up with um with Nynaeve doing the test, which this is kind of interesting. Uh, it's I think it's a bit of departure from what it was in the books, but. So we get a thing of it's it's unclear really if this is a thing that really happened to her or not. But like the point of the the this thing is that it shows you like a, a vision from your sort of past, present, and future kind of mm. thing. Yeah, more or less. And it's tempting, and you you're inclined to want to stay in there. And so it's a test of like your will to come back out again, to stay prove that you're ready. Yeah, know what's real. Uh, so except it it's, it doesn't really follow that paradigm in this because the first two really she goes into our pretty awful no good and you really wouldn't want to stay yeah the second one you'd only want to stay like 
out of like out duty. Of, like, guilt, yeah. Yeah, guilt, but that's not really... That she's feeling. So the first one seems to be a vision of, again, it's unclear if this is a thing that really happened to her or not, but when she was a kid, or she's a child in the dream at least, and her parents are there, and they're attacked by like, I don't know, bandits of some kind? A very large band of bandits. Yeah, a large group of, of roving marauders of some kind who just want to kill them. Um, and, and by Jove, they do it. She's like hiding in the basement, and then she like flees. So she leaves that one. Then it's like the present version, and it's like, hey, the people from the two rivers, they're all like, hey, you left us. You abandoned us. There's a plague. We're dying of the plague. It's me, Matt's terrible mother. It's me, Matt's, Matt's terrible mom. And Trunk mom. Me. Rand's pretty good dad. Pretty good dad. I'm dying of the plague, though. I'm dying of the plague. Why I- weren't you here? That kind of thing, which, okay. Uh, but then she leaves that, and then it's the third one. is like a, It's like a bit of a twist to get you. Mm. They make you think that it's done, but it's, it was really within the within the thing. We were two layers deep, you know? Yeah, it was like Inception. But this one was good, because it's like, hey, wouldn't you like to just leave the White Tower, which you're having all this trouble hassle with, and just go live with Lan, who you love? And it's like, oh, this would this would be easy and nice. That's what she does. And she doesn't ever want to leave that one, so she doesn't. And it seems that she's just lost in there, like, uh, like happens from time to time. Mm, yeah, sometimes people don't come back, because assumedly it's so nice there, they don't want to leave it. Uh... Because as is explained to us, the the way out only comes one time. So yeah, the way will come but once. And they're just like, well, fuck, she's done. So, yep, oops, lost another one. And instead of like, where she goes, sometimes you know, we whiffed it. What can I say? We, we biffed it, but guys, we biffed this one. Atlanta, you've killed two. Way to go, numb nuts. She's like, and she's like, hey, you know, that's on me. <laughs> I'll cop that one on the chin, fellas. Really. Um, and then so that yeah, that's where we're at in the in the first. To first <laughs> 15 minutes pre pre uh, opening opening screen here i think right oh 20 we're good this is long yeah <laughs> yeah 20 minutes before we get title card Oof. uh so then we have parent and the boys again um this scene is great falling off with a shot i don't know this is a great scene. you don't like to see what happens the character no again like? it's just like it's just these weird specific things i don't know i i guess i shouldn't be too bothered but i am so there and they're like, okay, you gotta swear like allegiance to us, which this is all pretty on brand, right? This uh, this specific scene never happens, but this general idea is very much in line with the Chan Chan and like they're they're like, hey, um, this guy, which again I don't remember how much of this lore we got in the book or the last season of the show, if at all, but it's like, hey, this guy Arthur, sorry Luther Arthur Pendrag, whatever the fuck, mm. depending on who you ask, he's either Arthur or. Luther. Luther or Pendrag or Hawkwing or whatever the fuck. But he's basically in the Wheel of Time. He's like their version of... It's like King Arthur. Yeah. That's the best way to put it, literally. And at one point, he conquered most of the known world. And he and then the, he sent off some of his... Was it his, his children or his brothers I, I, or something? I think it's his children. Somehow, some relatives of his with like some of his... Or maybe even just his generals. I don't know. He sent them across the ocean to be like, Hey, what's over there? Go, go conquer that too. And they never came back, and then his empire, he died, and it all fell apart. Yeah. Um, and one of his claims to fame, which is very important for the how the Shan Chan be fully develop as a culture through the t- ages, is that he hates the Aes Sedai. He's not a he, fan f- of He famously sieged Tarvalon. He didn't succeed, but he did a he siege. He did succeed in um, getting them to do the three oaths. Yes, That's he forced them to, um, because he didn't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and, so their whole thing is like... It's been hundreds and hundreds of years, and we've come back. Mm-hmm. We're here to reclaim this that all is is rightfully ours because our ancestor a long time ago conquered it. And I mean, the logic of that is perhaps flawed, but the Shan Chan do have the uh, 
the strength to back it up. They got the strength to back it up, basically. So, yeah, that's, so they are very successful. Kind of all that matters. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they haven't mentioned it yet, but in the books, their big thing is that they come back because all the because the last battle has to happen. So, like, well, we need to defeat the Dark One, so we need to conquer this land our ancestor used to have and get the dragon to swear fealty to us because we know how to run everything and then we'll win the last battle and save the world. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be sweet, guys. You're going to love it. Unless you can channel. Unless you can channel. So then they get, they're like, all right, so who's going to swear to us first? Promise to be a good boy. And they're like, we're going to make Uno do it, even though, again, as I mentioned, famously rambunctious. A little scamp. Bit of a firebrand in this. And they're like, all right, Uno, come do it. And Uno's like, I'm not going to do it because I'm, because I'm, I'm a rambunctious guy. Fuck you guys. And so they kill him. There's a big spike on the stage and they just make him kneel and they kick his head into it and he just and I was like, are we gonna kill Uno? Please don't kill Uno. And then he with Uno. like with so, a, within a beat. He is definitely a, on the minor side of the books. Like, isn't he's a minor character? He doesn't have that pivotal role at any point, but he is around and doing stuff. Um, right up until the very end. Yeah. So, <laughs> kind of disappointing that in this show we get you know two point one episodes out of him basically, but. That's fine. So then Ingtar is like, all right, well, we shouldn't all just die just because we may as well just kneel. Yeah. Um, which he's like, the way he's like, he's like, oh, our pride isn't worth our lives, which fair, but I feel like it's more than their pride because, I mean, swearing oaths should be important to these, the, you know, to the Shinarans. It's that kind of like old school society where oaths matter to a lot of people and, and honor and all that. It's a very real tangible thing in this world. So to just be like swearing to a new, a new nation, basically, that wouldn't, I don't think you'd take that very lightly, but whatever. Uh, he's dead. No, no, no. I don't know. We couldn't have just pick some random chump. We had to pick the most interesting of all the Shinarans. of all of them. To, yeah. Again, the only one who has like much characterization. Well, a couple of them do, but regardless, one of the only ones who has a lot to do later on in the books. <laughs> just pick an unnamed guy just for the effect. But yeah. again, it's like at the same time, it's like, well, this guy's interesting, so that's why he's. One of the only ones you would care about dying, I guess. But Oh, yeah. It's pretty gruesome, too. They really show you. Oh, yeah, they do. They do. And then Rand's talking to Loghain, and he's kind of beating around the bush at first, but Loghain sees right through him. He's like, all right, Rand, how long are you going to wait to ask me the questions you want to ask me? Like a day, a week, a month? Like, how long are we going to wait? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. We kind of glossed over it, but he he beats up a guy in the last episode. Oh, he does. Who, with, with I didn't even realize at the time, but was his co-worker guy who was the asshole, which... I guess it was all part of a elaborate plan. He was all part of his plot here was to get in there, I guess, strike up an animosity with this guy, so then he could orchestrate this guy's like demise. Maybe he killed him or not. It's kind of unclear. he was groaning when he left. Yeah, okay, so he just he just fucked him up pretty good. Yeah, so then he could take his job and work with Logan and lo- work with Logan because he wants Logan to teach him how to not channel. It turns out how to stop channeling. Yeah. Which I don't know why you think he'd be helpful for that because his whole thing was that he he loved he, he loved it stop. so much he almost he became a false dragon he was gonna I'm conquer sorry. the whole world I still don't know what this is about Jay I don't know what that eye symbol is it for oh it's a horn oh I thought it was an eye but the you can see the bell end of the horn so she's being branded as she's a hunter. gonna be a hunter good enough good enough okay there's a scene in this episode where it's very briefly like just kind of in the in the background where a woman is branded and I couldn't for the life of me understand why or what the purpose was, but just seemed like a random fucked up scene to throw in. So the, like we mentioned, the horn is being talked about and then the hunt for the horn, uh, which we get more into later, but it's basically, there's all these people who are getting ready to go seek the horn, which are 
you know, known as Hunters of the Horn. But yeah. basically, as it turns out, well, we'll okay, so he's Rand is like, well, I need this wine for Logan to help me, so we have to go on a side quest to get some wine. Feels like a weird diversion, but fine. Yeah, fine. They go to a party. So they're going to a party. Um, they look so different. It, look, it looks it like... Was, it was, like, startling. <laughs> like, I guess a new show has started? Yeah, it literally just looked like... I don't know, like 18th century France. Like, look, we all have our, like, we, those weird tall wig things. I don't even know what you call that. Wig? Yeah. But why are they tall? They're, like, tall. There's got to be a name for that, no? Some French bullshit, probably. Whatever, fine. It just was, it was, it was striking. Oh, yeah. Like, what's with all these Marie Antoinette looking women? What's this? Why are there so many candles? What is this show? <laughs> I don't know how or why they got snuck in there. Like, you, it seems weird, right? Like, why would they let them in? It seems like it would. I, I said this, it seems harder to get into a party to, like, steal some wine than it would be to just buy it. Buy it, right? They had to buy a bunch of fancy new clothes for the... Whatever. But in the, in the, at this party, Rand learns that the, the hunt for the horn is, like, I don't know, kind of made up or at the very least exaggerated, kind of goaded on by, like, rich the rich folk of Kyron to be like, oh, we can encourage all these people to go leave our city and basically go get themselves killed killed in all likelihood and just basically just get out of our hair by hyping up this this hunt for the horn and then we don't have to deal with them all good that. enough i guess yeah fair enough rich people are shitty sure it is a real thing though like yeah obviously we know the horn exists even if you were just a book or a show watcher we know the horn is real yeah, so we know that people are actively hunting for it yeah but whatever fine just shitty rich people uh, we get introduced to the Kyrian game, basically yes. their Game of Thrones, where everything you do has a bunch of layers and perceived meanings and alliances. Kyrian, and even among like nobility and and stuff across the whole like series, they in particular are the most like duplicitous and scheming. conniving and scheming when it comes to like politics. So they're all like they love to like read double into everything. So when Rand is like. In the book, in the same way, where he's like, actually, I'm not really anyone of note. They're like, what is he hiding? Yeah. He must be very, like, literally everyone in the city's like, this is some, this guy's important. He must be very important. We all need to keep our eyes on him. He's like, guys, I insist. I really am of of no import to anyone. And they're like, this this is, he he's the most be, important he might person. Be a king. <laughs> he might be the emperor of the world. And they, they were kind of right. And so they're like, everyone sends him invitations and he's like, I refuse them all. And they're like, wow, that's good. That's good. And he burns them all. He goes, oh, interesting, interesting. Like, wow, that's very sneaky of him. And he's just like, no, I really don't want to come to any of the parties. And they're like, oh, this is good. What's what's the double meaning here? <laughs> Which is, it is kind of fun. Uh, so we get a, we do get a taste of that. Uh, Leandrin goes and just lets Matt out. She's like, I've, I'm finished with you. I don't know what's changed in that dynamic. I think because... Nynaeve died. But I just don't see how those two things are actually, like, related, right? Yeah, me neither. She keeps talking about wanting to find Moraine's little secret. I mean, it seems like Matt, even at that point, still didn't know what was... Because he asked her a couple times throughout these episodes, like, what are you actually doing with me? And she kind of gives these half-hearted answers or something, again, with the knife or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, she's... It seems like at least part of it was just... um, That she basically just wanted to know whatever it was Moraine was seeing in him uh, but then also as obviously as we we come to learn this was also just a plot trick a trick yeah so because she's because the whole time she's been trying to convince him that her his friends don't care about him either because he abandoned them which he he kind of did straight up did yeah and so she's like well none of them care because why would they care about you um she does seem actually genuinely kind of beat up about naive baby being dead so that's interesting again it's her character is very hard to pin down <laughs> In the show here. I mean, she did do that thing last season where she, like, 
got Moraine banished. So like she doesn't like Moraine. That's no, that's yeah. for certain. But she doesn't like all any anything she's plotting. Uh, her and her and Egwene have a have like a thing because she's like you killed my friend basically, and she's like nah, fuck you. Nah, get fucked, idiot. Again, Logan's crazy. This is the scene where he's like, I got your wine, and he's like, I'm insane. I'm gonna pour it all out in this cup. And he's also like, wall. he's like, I am the dragon, but the cra- the the madness isn't real. Even though I'm I'm very obviously insane. Yeah, I can feel the blood of Luz uh, Theron Tel- Telamon in my veins. And he's and then Rain's like, "You're not the dragon." And we were very waiting for him to be like, "I am." But he just kind of stares at him quietly. Yeah. He's just like, "Ah, you're. I was wrong. You're crazy. I'm just gonna go." <laughs> yeah. I something I pointed out. This it's from an earlier scene, but again, it's like one of those things where it's relatively minor, but it just feels like if it is so minor, why did they change it? Right. That's kind of how I feel. It's one of those things where it's like you know, it is circular logic, but it's when it's like you know when you're like in an argument with your sibling. You ever get this? And it's like, it's not a big deal. And it's like, well, if it's not a big deal, why don't you just let me do what I want? Well, if it's not a big deal, why don't you just let me do what I want? It's like, well, it's not a big deal, though. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I don't think it's a big deal. So why do you think it's a big deal? Well, if it wasn't a big deal, why don't you just let me? It's always frustrating when I don't think it's a big deal. But when I think it's a big deal, it's equally as frustrating. So it's kind of that's kind of how I feel about this stuff. I'm like, listen, yeah. it's not a big deal. But if it wasn't a big deal, why, they even why couldn't it? they just do it like it was in the book to just make everyone happy? Because it wasn't not, a big deal. You're not making anyone happy by changing it. And maybe it shouldn't upset me that you've changed it, but it certainly would upset me less if you hadn't changed it. Yeah, I've, I'm upset now, and there was maybe a timeline where I wouldn't have been. So maybe do that, fellas, huh? But it's this thing where he explains, hey, remember that time I saw you, Rant? We, we, that time we kind of interacted. And he's like, I saw you. I'm just doing power saving mode. And he's like, I saw you. And he's like, I saw you because I can see other men who can channel. And you were real bright, and I knew you were in a mess, you were in a mess shit up. Except that's doubly confusing, because in the book, he doesn't see Rand because he can channel. He sees Rand because he has this innate ability to see Taviran. And that's more notable, frankly, right? Yeah. It's a rare ability. That's a rarer thing, yeah. To be a Taviran is probably more rare than just being a guy who can channel. Um, which is a thing you can, channelers can do, is they can know when people near them also have the ability to channel. But, but I, I don't, I've, it's only when someone has already awakened their channeling, I thought. Like, I think, I thought it was like, if you... You're probably, I think you're probably right. I don't think that you can sense someone who can't channel. That's why all those women go unnoticed, because yeah. you can't sense them. They That's a good point. They're not... And certainly, it's not, it's, it's, I don't think it's a super, like, keen sense. Thing. And it's yeah. not like a, again, see with your eyes kind of thing. So, okay, but whatever. So, in the show here, they don't say that he sees Tavir and he's like, I can see you because you can always see other men who could channel, and you were very bright. Which, again, I guess is fine. Um, that wouldn't really be a big deal. If they hadn't already diverted from the books, in the sense that by this point in the story, he's already been Logan gentled. has already been gentled, and so he doesn't have the ability to channel anymore, and so he shouldn't be able to see Rand at all. If what he was seeing was channeling, channeling. So again, it's like I know it's not really a big deal, but it just feels like it kind of is because it's just like you've changed, you've double, you've changed two things. If they had changed either one in a vacuum, it still would have worked. Yeah. But by changing both, they've actually they've they've like doubly shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they've changed. <laughs> it's, yeah, it diverges too much. It doesn't. It makes less sense if you think about it. Because in the book, at that point in time when he first lays eyes on Rand, he still has the ability to channel, and so it would make sense even even if his ability was to see other channeling that he could see it. But, but again, in the in the show, it's like neither. It's like they've they just did they just executed him on a trial, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll bring him in for a mock trial." I guess I don't know. They've like double negative it, and it and it's bothered me. I must admit, it's bothered me. Uh, then Matt es- escapes his cell, finds. Well, because she just lets him out. Like yeah, we fi- talked about finds Egwene. 
crying and goes, nah, I don't want to handle that, and then walks off. I, literally, right? That's all we can kind of gather. Yeah. It's literally his friend. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe he's he's actually convinced himself that because of Leandrin's manipulation that they don't like him and wouldn't want to talk to him, but still kind of crazy, right? To just be like, well, she's crying, so I'm just going to, instead of saying hi to her and being like, hey, I've been trapped here for five months. Sorry for whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think I'll just leave without saying goodbye, which I guess is a kind of mad thing to do. But So he goes back down and he's like, Min, how about you come with me and we escape? All right, fine. Yeah, sure, whatever. But as it turns out, Min's, on. Min's like working for Leandrin. Yeah, she's stringing Matt along to take, she's kind of follow Matt wherever he's going. She thinks probably that Matt will lead her Leandrin to where Moraine wants to go. Moraine wanted to go to the eye of the world. She already did that. Mm-hmm. So, also, I don't know what Matt's plotted. I don't know what Matt's doing. That's a good point. We have no real... What is he? What's he shooting towards at this point? Yeah. Last season, it was just like, get back to my family. My parents are drunks. But he hasn't mentioned his family, I think, once. Mm-mm. Um, so, the, <laughs> the Shanshan have Perrin now. They got um, him in a big wagon. Including a Shamael, who's just hanging out with them, just like in plain view. So, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, and he's like, I got you, Perrin. I'm going to... You're going to be evil or whatever, maybe. Because that's, again, this is his thing. He's like, I'm going to turn them all evil. He's like, you, Perrin, the more you talk to the wolves, the more evil that is. Which is either just him being manipulative and, and trying to, like, trick Perrin, right? To, to dissuade him from becoming more powerful. Or maybe that's just real. I mean, kind of, because you can't go feral. It's true. It is a danger that he deals with for, like, that's, that's you know, his whole kind of conflict arc. But I still feel like the way they characterize it in this is, like, it, well, he's, I think he's just got to be lying. But Yeah, probably. He's the father of lies. He's the father of lies. Um, so... He's like, gets a uh, bunch of wolves, though, come to save him, basically. He does, man. And maybe Hopper follows him? Maybe Hopper. Better be Hopper. And Elias is there, because he got away, because he was, like, sleeping outside or whatever. And he's like, let's go. And he's like, what about the rest of our friends? And he's like, we'll get them later, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, We have just another, like, like a third <laughs> sex scene with Rand and Celine. They lo- I mean, he just loves having it. There's not much to do else in Kyrian, I guess. Which happens, like, the same way, too, where at first he's like, no, I'm not. But then he just, like... One of them throws the other one up against a wall, and they're like, well, now it's on. <laughs> that flipped my switch. And then Rand just, like, wakes up and burns his house down accidentally. Ve- like, it's just, it's this weird, like, cut. It's just, just a cut to, like, oh, I'm waking up in bed. Except he's alone. He's wearing different clothes, seemingly. And then he just accidentally burns the house down. He looks at his hands, and he's weaving fire, and then the fire shoots up very slowly. It feels like we're missing a scene again. That's, that is kind of how it feels. But, you know, who cares? You can't try that hard. Uh, Gwen tries to open the gates to get um, Nynaeve back and then Elaine's like you know actually in 3,000 years 300 women have tried this how the fuck she knew that yeah throughout these episodes she has all these weird like fun facts like trivia knowledge about the White Tower just kind of weird she's been here nine times for some reason yeah I didn't know what that meant I don't know if we'll get that elaborated on but something about like yeah six summers here or something weird like I don't know what the fuck that means she's like yeah, and, I, and she knows it very well. It's like, why would they let you run around here for a summer? She's like a weird, like, I said I, like, weeb. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't know what that's about. Which, I guess it makes sense in the sense that, you know, she knew most of her life she was going to come there to train, but still seems kind of odd. I don't know. She knew exactly about the attack at Beltine Yeah, she just has all this weird, like, knowledge that she... She really shouldn't have. Right. They don't Both have like, like, oh, yeah, like book knowledge of like, oh, I know all these obscure historical facts and then just like relatively current stuff. She looks at Egwene's quilt or whatever and is like, ah, this is from Western Andor. 
you're one of my subjects, which is like, that's weird. Why would you know that? Why would you say that to someone you just met? Their whole point is that it's like the, it's like the most isolated part of the whole world, world basically in, in this, in this universe. So it's good that you'd know, you had identify that specifically when one of their defining traits is their like lack of connection to <laughs> anything. They don't even know their rules to, by. Yeah. To the kingdom at all. But they're like, all right, well, we can't bust in, but we'll just, like, sleep out here down here. I don't know. It's another one of the things where it's like, the Aes Sedai just let you, like, hang out down Go here. into, like, the, the dungeons where the all the good shit's kept, and then just, like, fuck with it by yourself if you want. No, That doesn't cause any notice. Anyone to come, like, check on you? Yeah. They let the door wide open. But they just they just go to bed down there, and then Egwene, or, um, Nynaeve's in there, right? And she's still hanging out with Land, and she's got, like, a daughter. She's like, oh, this is a nice life. Which she's evidently been living for However multiple long. years. Matt and Perrin are there. Matt's like a tradesman. Seems something like that. Some kind of merchant. Maybe a horse trader. Salvage so something for be, him. Sure. Perrin's obviously a blacksmith with his wife. We don't see his so. wife, but we ha- we have to assume. Rand is not there. Um, wherever the hell he went. They think he's. She thinks he's dead. I guess that's true. She thinks she's dead. I think Perrin's wife would be dead too, because it's like a. If you look at the timeline, right. I, well, I think, lands there, which means that she's like. Oh, she would have had to. It have, would have had to have taken place you know? after. Yeah, right. She would have left the tower to go with. Okay, but he's returned to the two rivers. Matt's returned to the two rivers. Egwene's still in the in the yeah, white she, tower. She's, she's become a green Aja, but otherwise she's just chilling. Um, but then everyone dies, so she's like, I guess I got to go through this. I'll get out of here back to this portal that she like kind of forcibly opens, mm-hmm. which is more or less how it goes in the book. So, and then she's like, Oh, I'm back, but oh, my kid is my, gone. My fake child is gone. And in her uh, little dream, they talk about the last battle. They're like, seemingly a lot, a lot of Trollocs up there in the borderlands, and it's like they're so far away, no problem. And then immediately they're all killed by Trollocs because they can move through the ways. They can move the ways. You got to be aware of that. Got to be. Aware. They got so many ways to do it. <coughs> so what do you think, Jack? First three episodes, fucking whatever. You know, it's just they're fine. Take it all my like. It's not like the book things. It's just. Just kind of fine. It's uh, still just kind of generic and then uninteresting then, right? Yeah, I, I think so. A lot of like weird contrived character conflicts with the whole thing. Rand, random mass plots are pretty unclear, like where they're supposed to be going. We're already basically halfway through the season and all Rand has done is talk to a, two crazy people and uh, set his house on fire and had a lot of sex. It's like, what? Like what? what is his goal here? He hasn't had any like weird dreams. Like There's not enough to suggest... That there's a lot going on with this plot at the moment. We know Avienda is supposed to be in this because we know she's been cast. So and they've been like filmed. They definitely filmed like in the desert, like Aiel fighting stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought she was gonna. That's kind of why I thought like we were really gonna start speeding stuff up. Oh yeah, I thought he was gonna end up in the threefold land, just walking there from the blight. I kind of thought Rand's plot would advance almost to the level where he was at in like book four ish. Mm-hmm. Which I thought kind of made sense because again, if you're gonna split everyone up, the the weird thing again that because I just have this weird feeling or not even feeling, but it just seems like that's kind of where we're establishing it, right? Mm-hmm. Perrin's doing the hunt to the horn, right? And we just we learned this one where uh, Ashamael's like, "Well, you're going to Falma, which is where the climax of Book Two takes place." So it seems like he's going to Falma in the um, preview thing for the next episode. It's like Egwene and Nynaeve are like, "Well, we got to go help our friends at Falma." Um, I, I don't know. It seems likely that. Matt or Rand will also kind of work his, his way there and probably Matt and Min as well. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like we're all just here doing the climax of this book anyways. Um, 
so it's like why did we did why did we split them up so much yeah because in the you know in the second book all the all the guys especially stick together and then they just go do this all together more yeah. or less i mean they they do jump around because yeah he goes to Kyrian and he goes to um he does meet celine and all that but i don't know just feels a little weird yeah, it feels a little they want their kicking you too kind I, of thing i really did think we were going to diverge a little more because like, like i said i'm i'm surprised that like from everything we've seen here it does seem like they're just doing the second book stuff Mm-hmm. And so going at, a, again, a, a book a season pace when you can only manage, you know, one season every two, two years. You could take forever. I mean, yeah. Almost 30 more years. Doesn't feel sustainable. <laughs> no, not at all. But what do we know? We don't make shows. Yeah, we'll see. You remember last, if people went back and found the ones where we talked about, like, the Wheel of Time trailers and stuff for season one, I was so ambitious at one point. I was like, maybe they'll do the first two books in the first season. I remember that the two a season do a quick tight seven get done and dusted like dinner we'll be lucky if we even get that far and it definitely doesn't seem like they're gonna manage that this this time around although i mean no 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 no, not at all again they really can start to like mix and match and and with the different plots and the different characters and stuff like they could start condensing things and switch stuff around again i thought the whole point of splitting everyone up was gonna be that well like we can have perrin do the second book plot but then we can have whoever do whatever and so on and so forth but they just don't seem to be doing that so i I don't know what the logic is here. Probably just make like three or four seasons until the money dries up and then... You yeah, know, people stop carrying Amazon. Just book it. Cancel it. Take the money and run. I mean, the Rand actor's doing great. He's starring in Gran Turismo as the villain. Yeah, he's in, he's in Gran Turismo. Ishmael was in Rogue One, as we learned. We did. Uh, does anybody else do anything of note? Oh, uh, Rosamund Pike is yeah, in... Rosamund Pike's in stuff. She's in a lot of stuff, yeah. The only one I can think of is uh, The World's End, because that's the most recent movie I saw with her in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She's uh, in something. Oh, that sounds familiar. I can't. I can't think of what it is though. She's in Gone Girl. Oh, right. She's the she's a titular Gone Girl. Yeah. Upcoming project. Yes, Saltburn. This is what I was thinking. Saltburn. Hmm. It's an upcoming movie. I saw a trailer for it. Did you see this? No, I did not. I knew I won't. We might. Well, maybe we'll go see it. Ooh. Maybe not. You never know with us. We'll have to see. Come November, apparently. So, well, there'll be nothing else in November. No more Dune. That's true. We can go see the color purple four times if you'd like. <laughs> I don't know about four. Four. I think I'll get, the three. G- I'll get the gist after two, maybe. <laughs> I think I'll really get the finer details, all the Easter eggs, and the new retelling of an old classic or whatever the fuck the trailer said. Yeah, new retelling of the timeless classic or something. Something, something awful. They said it four or five times. They really want to drive it home. And like It's different. It's a new telling. But so, I this show, man. The be- best show ever, maybe. Again, it's like, I really don't know that it's like, staggeringly terrible really it is just a problem of like it's it's just unimpressive there's kind of nothing to it there's nothing to it it's i i really do maintain that like if we didn't even if we didn't read the books and and enjoy them i still feel like this would just come across as like generic and bland uninteresting yeah maybe even more so because we're not not getting any references when they say mazarin time and cad's when we're not like i'm saying that's the only thing that like almost lends anything to this is just doing the point at the screen thing right yeah so I'm, I'm doing the leo point at the screen thing the whole time where i'm like oh it's uno oh look it's it's and then i and then i'm just thinking about like the books which are better and have all those enjoyable so you say uno and i'm like oh yeah uno's interesting and, he, and then he did that and then he did that and then you kill him and i'm like well he's dead now but at least i i have the memories <laughs> so i have what i think he could have done and so i'm just kind of holding off for all those moments right where it's like saldea and i'm like oh saldea they did this that and the other thing in saldea in the books that's cool the books <laughs> man yeah. and like again there is some 
there are, I'm always going to say there is some value to like, you know, bringing the world to life visually mm. in a medium like this. But then again, sometimes I complain about that too because I'm like, why the Sean Chan doing too much? It's too complex. It's a bit too complex. How much material would more you... More simplistic if you could. Yeah, make it simpler, more dumbed down for my brain. Like I imagine in my head, which is mostly like vague shapes. <laughs> Just vague outlines, enough to get the gist. People. Disembodied voices mostly, interacting with one another. You think I'm, I'm supposed to remember the clothes? Robert Jordan, please. I need Robert Jordan, I need you to know every time you've ever described a woman's dress... Oh, Every time you describe a marketplace and that's how bustling, just say it's a market. I get the gist. Every time where it's like there's four women in a room and he describes each one of their dresses and what color it is and what colors it's trimmed in and how fancy it was or was not and the material it was or wasn't made of. And I'm like, okay. And like what? Now I'm supposed to remember? Oh, for the rest of this scene, anytime Nynaeve talks, her dress is blue with with orange accents and Catswain's dress is green with yellow accents and fucking Morel's dress is purple and and I got like no no I can't remember their names half the time I'm supposed to remember who had lace on which parts <laughs> and their veils are you their, kidding me their shawls <laughs> who's pulling their shawl tightly across themselves and mm-hmm. it's too much no I'm not gonna remember any of that I think you'll find I'll just go okay well they are all clothed in this honestly scene. you take out the subscriptions book's probably half as long <laughs> it's alright though I wouldn't wouldn't change a thing, RJ. Well, God, I'd change God some rest things. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's be honest, I'd change some things. Yeah, yeah, well. Maybe, ta- maybe take our traveling maybe a little probably bit. probably change some things. Yeah. Maybe don't break your world immediately with magic. Give all the men the most powerful it's a, real, it's a little balanced, though. Let's think about this more. He balances out pretty good. Yeah. Not- a little bit. Because I, I, I actually, while I was listening to one to the book today, I was like, looking at this i was like what traveling is kind of OP. And then I saw someone explain it pretty good. For one thing, it's like, it is kind of OP. And... So if you if you ever have the thought of like why don't they use it more? I think they probably are using it more than you might think in the background because someone mm. pointed out that like the first six books take place over the course of almost two years, while the last you know seven eight take place within like a month like or within two. like five months yeah. of each other because it's just everything is going much quicker because everyone's just where they need to be immediately. There's no like and then we traveled for five weeks. <laughs> no, we just zipped and we're there. So it is kind of. It is, it is taken advantage of pretty good. But also, there's that balance of, like, you have to be real good to use it. It's actually relatively uncommon that you, people can use one of, of any, like, value. Yeah. Or make one of any value. And you have to be, and you have to know the place you're going. That's true. Yeah, you can't just, like, zip. Or, although there's, like, a tr- they, get, they figure out that hack, remember? Yeah, you do, if you travel while you're doing it, you travel between. The thing is, like, you don't actually need to know it well to travel somewhere very close. Then you know so it. So you can like look at that hill over there and be like, well, I can see that hill from here. I'll just zip over there quick. And now that you've done that, you know it. And now you can travel from it to wherever, which feels kind of like Hacky. a bit of a hack, but whatever. Only Rand really figures that out. So. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers for uh, book 12 when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We're done with this. Right. Hour and 40 minutes in. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. the, the edit will cut it down. The truncate sounds hopefully will. I mean, we did have to cover three of these. Yeah, yeah. I mean, te- really, we covered three hours of television in an hour and a half. That's true. It only took like half as long for you to listen to us ramble than it would to just sit down and watch it. So, so. do that. We saved you a good hour and a half. So listen, you should be thanking us. All right, Bowing we- and scraping. <laughs> so we do Justified or Ahsoka? Sure, we'll do the finale of Justified City Primeval. Justified City Primeval. <laughs> so, following up from last week, right, they got him in the van and they're like, all right, all right, Oklahoma City wild man. In the in the room, I'm gonna put you in this in this cell, in this uh, like you know safe room scenario that this, the guy cooked up that we saw from earlier in the season, right? Yeah, and we're just gonna lock you in there, and you're gonna die. Pretty grim, <laughs> pretty full on. 
but I guess not much worse than he deserves. Oh, yeah. For being a crazy psycho man. Uh, Who just murders people because he wants to. And Raylan's like, I guess good enough. And they give him the book and everyone like parts ways, I guess. And we're like, we're just going to leave him to die in here, which seems. Hey, he's like, you know, it's soundproof. And it was a little bit of a smell. And he goes, oh, no, he trapped himself in there and he died. No one could find him. That's a shame. What are you going to do? And then uh, they get the red-haired detective lady. Yeah, now that they've got the book, it turns out she was just in there. And so the reason she was acting kind of sus kind of sus last week was because she wanted to prevent them from catching the real guy who had the real book because she knew it would incriminate her, mm-hmm. which is a shame. And they all show up at her house when her kids and her family are there. And she's like, we don't want to do this for your kid. Let's go. She's like, all right, assholes. And then she like, like goes on a big thing. They're like, you were in the book. She's like, that book doesn't mean shit. I haven't done anything. You got nothing. You got nothing. Also, I need my lawyer. It's like, I feel like you start with the lawyer thing. You don't say all that. Yeah. I mean, not that it really matters, but yeah. You, you kind of get, I mean, you're a cop. You know that. Once you yeah. get the lawyer, you kind of. She is probably right in the sense that like, well, just writing some stuff in a book is is only evidence of so much. Yeah. In, like a, in a proper, true legal sense. But in terms of their like relationships, right, that bridge has been burned. And probably maybe, I guess the hope would be that like internal affairs was actually an effective body in this universe yeah <laughs> that would like weed her out yeah if, if if they can't put her away for any kind of time at least they would be like well you can't be a cop anymore but that's and she yeah that's only in the in the far off reaches of tv land in tv land something like, like that would happen the cops are held accountable but they were justified <laughs> yeah she was justified in giving false testimony and for payment putting innocent men in prison well you know like that one guy says you know they all they've all done something so you just gotta put them in for a crime, and then it all kind of bounces out. Ooh. Ghoulish. What a ghoulish thing to say. I hate it. Uh, even she's like, yeah, you know, you motherfuckers, you all did stuff too. Don't think I don't see it. Or when it turns their blind eye, it's like, it's like helping your case, pointing fingers at everybody else. Yeah, like like at the U.S. Marshal. Like, listen, again, maybe it's copaganda that's making us think that, like, ah, U.S. Marshals are nice too. But it's just, it's a different kind of job. They're just not out on their, they're not, they're they're not out. They don't do patrol. Yeah, they're not working the beat hassling fucking minorities or whatever right yeah. like they're trying to be like oh you're dirty dirty how he mostly just like drives people to and from prison <laughs> and they go please don't take me to prison he goes buddy you gotta go to prison it's literally my job i had to take it i got his gun and they i take it to prison you get out of the car i'll shoot you with it so uh caroline has this thing where she's me with the lieutenant governor and she's like you want to make me that judge and they're like probably not <laughs> honestly but, i mean i guess as spoiler alert they just make her the judge later, so I don't know what this scene was for. I don't know either. As it turned out, Raylan's like, I'm going to go to bed, man. I'm done. I've had enough of this. I'm Crazy so day. I'm so tired. I've got this book from I Won't Tell You Where, and we we maybe brought down a cooked crop, and uh seems like all in a day's work. <laughs> seems like I'm going to go back to Florida. I hate it here. And so then he goes and hangs out with Carolyn at her house, and they're having a decent time, and they're all like, yeah, not so bad. And then Raylan's like, I got to go. <laughs> she's like, it turns out I can't let that man starve to death in there. I would feel bad. And she's like, God damn it. She's like, I- it's like, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. And then he pulls up. that was a good line. I, yeah, I did like that. He gets a line and he sees a, like a body there and he's like, that's not good. Oh, boy. And then he cuts to two hours before. Turns out our little Albanian friend who had his leg horribly mangled by uh, the Oklahoma City wild man was like, I hate sitting in bed. I'm going to go hunt this guy down with this gun. Hunt this guy down. And then his bodyguard's like, you shouldn't do that. Without this gun, hands him a gun and off to the races, this crippled man what goes. Could go wrong? Yeah, he's only horribly disfigured, still very much in the process of healing from the grievous injury this man already inflicted upon him. And he's an idiot to boot. So I'm sure he'll have a really good job taking him down now. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. He beats him to death with his hands and leaves him. 
Right. And then Rylan shows up and he goes, The bodyguard guy was like, well, he needs to be a man. And the uncle's like, he's not a man. He's an he's, idiot. He's an idiot and a boy. You're an idiot. <laughs> then Rylan finds the body and is like, uh-oh. He calls the cops. We probably got to take care of this. <laughs> yeah, probably go check on those Albanians. Get there before he does or he's going to kill them all. Turns out, he ojos to me, white man. Very fast. Very fast, man. He walks very quickly. Gets in a car. Kills everyone in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they uh, meet up at uh, the lawyer's house. Raylan's laying in wait. And he breaks in. And it's not really clear what he wants other than maybe revenge. Yeah. I, I actually thought this kind of their ultimate confrontation here. It was a bit, a bit whelming, Jack. You know, just a bit whelming. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> nothing. I, I did kind of like when, like, uh, what's it, what's it called? When Clemens like, oh, you know, in a different time, we used to be, we, we could have been friends. And he's like, yeah, your mom had wheels, should be a streetcar. <laughs> and now he's like, oh, you're funny. You never take things too seriously. I did like that too. But that's it. And they're just like in a dark house. He's sitting at a table, like at the first episode, justified, which will. Play more ne- into this than you think. Maybe. Um, yeah, never do. Didn't write it. Never too serious. Uh, and they kind of, basically this whole scene just kind of reenacts the story that Raylan is told by that other cop in the earlier in the season. Um, because at the end, when they're talking, he's like, Raylan, I got you something to remember me by. And for some reason, the maniac, well, he's a maniac, reaches in his back pocket to pull something on a marshal. And then Raylan obviously shoots him with, to death with a gun. And he's like, oh, fuck, you shot me, bro. Oh, oh, why'd you do that? The weird thing about this is, like, like you, like you, it, it's hard to tell what this character actually wanted in this scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did he want him to, did he want Raylan to shoot him? Was he, like, trying to goad him into shooting him because he was like, ah, let's fuck with him. But then, so it's hard to tell if he's being serious or not about being like, man, I can't believe you shot me and I'm going to die. You can't believe it? Yeah, you can't, like, I don't know. I feel like we've been building to this for a while. You're all you're standing in the dark, and unless he really is just crazy enough to think they were actually like buddies, <laughs> like a weird like and like rival respect, like in Heat. Yeah, like in Heat, sure. Except that's how Heat ends too. <laughs> well, spoiler for Heat. <laughs> spoiler for the 1999 film Heat, <laughs> or whenever that movie came out. Yeah, probably around then. I think it's a little earlier. The movie's yeah. long as hell. It's a great film. I didn't think Heat. I haven't seen it, but it's on my Netflix watch list. What do you? Well, I never. Ninety five. It is. It is almost three hours long. I didn't even know that. I didn't. I didn't know that. It is. Like, oh, because I've gone to watch it, but I'm like, I don't got three hours. Really right good now. movie. You gotta have three hours for heat. I, I'll get three hours for heat. I promise. Uh, so I don't know. It's never really explained. I would assume he he did have his gun on him, and that's kind of because, um, it's never like never given any any indication in in the rest of the episode here that it was a problem that Raylan shot this guy. No, they just kind of gloss it right over. Other than in his own mind, he clearly is, is a little bit tore up about it, right? That Manzo went to give him a mixtape and he shot him. Yeah. Everyone else seems to think it was way okay. Because yeah, they all hated him. He sucked. Because this time he wasn't justified. That's the thing is, was he justified or not? I think it was fine. That's kind of how it feels. I kind of feel. I mean, but that's because we know he's an asshole. But that isn't. That still doesn't mean you can just shoot a man. Shoot him if he didn't really give you any cause to. So I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's interesting. At the very yeah. least, to say that. But, they, but instead of like having anything to see him, you know, get out of it, they just skip six weeks. They go, well, eh, it's a month yeah. and a half. He's back in Miami, Florida, and uh, he's getting a speech from his coworker. I don't think it's really related to him. It's not. He's just sitting there. He it's mentions for his, him. In the it's, for, it's for his boss's retirement yeah and yeah 
to his, his one coworker's just giving a speech and they're just having a time and then he's like comes up to him at the bar afterwards and he's like oh you want my recommendation to be chief yeah I, I'll, I'll i'll write you a letter and he's like actually i'm i would like to be done i, I quit and he puts his badge down and he goes and paints his house goes in his paint in his house and his ex-wife is like what you've quit <laughs> you couldn't quit like, for yeah. me he's like yeah no sorry about that what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Things happen. I did. I shot a man. I wasn't justified that time. I wasn't justified. Maybe I was justified in shooting our marriage, <laughs> metaphorically, of course. But shooting man, shooting a crazy murderer from Oklahoma, the quote unquote Oklahoma City wild man, was not justified, and I'll never recover. Um. So yeah, and he gets a letter from Carolyn where she's like, "I heard you retired early," and she's like, well, "It's interesting, and I can maybe relate and understand what you're going through. So maybe I'll come visit you." And I'm a judge now, by the way. Isn't that fun? I'm a judge, but she doesn't say that, but it's in the. We see it. We see it in the in the in the footage as it's rolling. Which again, uh, I don't know how that worked because it seemed like the lieutenant. That's governor. not the way that conversation was going. But I guess that was just a misdirect to to get our hopes up for how interesting this is. So interesting. You would think having a, ma- a man be shot in your home would have an effect on that, but I guess not. No, no, he's a wild man. Guess it only took six weeks, and she's a judge now. That's how fast it takes, right? You don't. Well, get I don't it. know. I really have no clue. So it could be. Uh. Yeah, he gets a boat, and he's like, I got this boat. before the boat. Before the boat is, is after his wife, his ex-wife is like, huh, too bad you couldn't save our marriage or our second relationship. Oh, no, I guess they are on the boat. Never mind. Well, we, yeah. we got, you're right. I'm sorry. So we do the boat. And we go out to the boat. He's like, like, I'm going to relax this boat. This Nothing boat bad's going to happen. from a drug dealer, daughter of mine. Let's go hang out on this boat. Cool. So we don't know how to drive it, but we learn how to drive it together, and everything's fine. But then, in a twist I didn't see coming... Because I was thinking to myself, I go, is this the end of Justified City Primeval? Only one season? Fear not. It kind of works, right? I thought it worked. I mean, we knew it was going to be a, it was supposed to be conceived as a miniseries. And I was like, he retires. That's a pretty definitive end to the character of Marshall Raylan Givens. If he's no longer Marshall, that's all right, right? He made up with his daughter. That was kind of the the, the central emotional, well, between making up with the daughter and being like, hey, maybe there's some relationship going on here with the lawyer lawyer woman. I was all kind of like, okay, I feel like we've paid off pretty much everything we need. Yeah. But no, we cut to a prison in Kansas, Kentucky, Kentucky. Oh, whole... right, right, right. Because he, right, they, they did coal. I'm sorry, they dug coal together, and we see our good friend Boyd back from Justified, non city normal, Justified, main Justified, Justified, the first Justified, uh, six seasons of Justified, <laughs> Justified. Ooh, started out young, getting kind of older. Everybody kind of aged. Um, so he's in. He's doing his sermons as he does, as we saw him last. As he does, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm getting, I'm sick and I'm dying, so I'm going to a hospital. You know, like see if see what kind of miasma I've got or malaise. I think he says <laughs> malaise, yeah. Uh, and he's like, "Let's talk about love and all that." Um, this seems who's ones in this? Well, everyone in there seems to be like, "Yeah, yeah, Boyd, we gotta, we followed the lessons. We are, we are trying to replace the hate with love." Yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, "Great job, guys." And then he goes to leave. And he's in the van. He gives his celly his Bible. He goes, "What well, mine is yours," and he they leave. He's banging on, and then he's banging on the van, and they're like getting mad at him. There's Luis Guzman and another random woman whose actress I don't know, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna pull over. Oh, this sucks." And they get him. They open the door. Turns out it was a prison break. The woman was prison. in on it. The woman was in on it. Luis Guzman couldn't be fucked. This is happening. He's so over it. He's like, "God damn it!" It seems Boyd somehow had managed to seduced the prison guard at some some stage evidently um he's got that charm he's got the kentucky charm he he is pretty slick with it i guess so they're like well you got to get in there and then we're gonna we're gonna make a prison break here yeah they do a quick cut to them making out that's fun 
crazy, right? <laughs> How slick with it do you have to be to convince literal prison guard to help you, literal inmate, That's bust good. out of prison and go on the run with you? I mean, jeez. He's a man of God. He's charismatic and all. He's got that, that is one of his things, but Jesus. Um, and then they just, they they make off. They're like, let's go to Mexico, baby. And they drive Ooh, I'm car. wearing my vest again. I got the vest out. Ooh. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm all fancy. I throw my jumpsuit out the window. And then Raylan's on the boat. And, and he's like, ah, I'm just a, a, a relaxing, enjoying this retired life. And then he's the text, oh, an inmate escaped. And uh, he's like, oh, probably not my problem. And they call him and he goes, mm, that probably is my problem. Oh, boy. And that's it. That's the ending of Justified City Primeval. Or is it? Ooh. Well, we have a season two with Boyd. I mean, it certainly sets that up, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's two ways to read it, right? If they decide to go through with it, if they, if they manage to do a second season, then, like, obviously that's what it would be. Or otherwise, it really could just be like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy my retirement, and I don't care. I don't care. Boyd can go do whatever you want. We dug coal together. We dug coal together. I guess I will say, I was a little disappointed in, in it from that perspective of, like, I really like to think that he, I kind of thought maybe he really was reformed. <laughs> yeah, he's just fine. He seemed to be doing all right. And that was like, what, 10 years prior to this, right? Or something? Mm-hmm. Somewhere along that lines. Yeah. Because that epilogue was five years after whatever. So. Not- and he seemed to be good. And they had that moment. They're like, we dug cold together, man. It's all right. Now, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you your girlfriend, baby mama, he's dead, but she's not really dead. I couldn't tell your lawyer because they realized I was lying. Mm-hmm. But now they've gone and they've and he's busted out of prison. So I, there you go, I guess. Seizes that one, two, three, and he's on the run. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I like to think he was really reformed. He's a man of God, but yeah, too bad guy's not real. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So I don't know. I I checked. Um, it has yet to be uh officially renewed or whatever. I don't know what you'd call it. You probably can't call it Justified City Primeval again because the whole point is that. It was just that city. That was the city primeval that it was, and it was based on the, the, the book, book city primeval. So I don't know how you do that, but you call it justified something else, I guess. Justified Boyd goes Mexico way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll give it a watch. Gotta watch something. Thought this was if fine. It, if it ever comes out. I thought this whole thing was pretty good. So, oh yeah, that's probably why they haven't announced it one way or the other yet, because it strikes. Yeah. Yeah. The pesky strikes. Pesky, pesky strikes. So I guess I'd be interested in that hypothetically if they want to do it. It did feel like it was building towards a nice like end though, satisfying end for everyone, and then it'd just be like, ooh, maybe season two. That always kind of undercuts things, but mm. maybe the Laura, li- maybe or Carolyn will come back and get mm. more of her. We don't have a weird daughter conflict again because that was not great. On the one hand, I I do understand how it's like the natural thing to be like well if we're gonna do a second season we gotta bring back the guy the main villain but at the same time it's like yeah he was the main villain for six seasons we probably you probably don't need to do that yeah we again are, we already had like a satisfying conclusion to their battle but again i understand that like to a lot of people that's the core kind of dynamic the dynamic of the show is the the two of them bouncing off each other right and i'm i'm the marshal i'm the woody crook and we're cops and robbers about it all yeah. Um, we're like heat in the it's like heat it's, it's a bit like it's, heat it's a bit like heat 1995 film heat yeah their whole back and forth is kind of in a lot of ways you could argue the core of the show so if you're going to do some more of it maybe we do bring that guy that guy back out but nah, i don't know yeah i can i would watch it i don't know i, I like this whole so do you like this whole series what do we think city prime um, i liked it it was pretty good it was good yeah. local city wild man you know how can we how can we have a character like that I really, I thought they're. I really did think their for their final confrontation here would be a little more dramatic. 
thought they'd actually do a gunfight. He didn't draw at all, yeah. Raylan just gunned him down, and he really did. Gunned him down, and he's like, oh, fuck, man, you shot me. I thought it was cold when she called the morgue. Yeah, that's pretty badass, huh? But also, I'm like, what does that look like when he, when they get there? Like, all right, we're here to do the morgue stuff. He's like, well, this man clearly has been shot. <laughs> this is clearly a crime scene you've brought me to, and I'm going to call the police. <laughs> oh, you're the marshal? I'm still calling the police. Yeah, well, I assume it was more f- for dramatic effect. Oh, well, yeah, of course. It's very... When he's like, you calling the ambulance? All that stuff. They probably got the official, the proper individuals involved as well. Oh, yeah, of course. They probably cleaned him up and did a little martial man and was like, eh, we'll get this sorted out in six weeks. Planted several firearms on him just to make this look good. Put a bunch of coke in his nose. <laughs> oh, he was coming right at me. I had no choice. I had no choice. I had to, I had to blow him up with this rocket launcher. Oh, oh fuck. I had to cut him in half with a lightsaber. So there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. Decent enough show, I think. I think. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Decent enough. I like that. Again, it's FX and all, which I think means it, it's like a cut above your truly like generic cop stuff and, and your networks and whatnot. Mm. I think FX is pretty good, but yeah, definitely not the, the craziest thing we've ever watched from them. No, no, not at all. All right. All right, ready to get Back into, attack. into Ahsoka, episode three. A little bit of a shorter one this week. And he's quite a fair bit shorter, I would say. But that's all right. We've we've got like a ladder going on. Where the first one was nice and long for. I think it was one of the longer episodes of anything Star Wars we've gotten from Disney Plus. And then it was down like ten minutes, and now it's down like another ten minutes. So, so soon we'll have a, a five minute episode. Yeah, where it's a ladder system that Dave Filoni's developed here, where the finale will actually only be four minutes long. And hey, maybe it won't disappoint like the Mandalorian. It'll be quick, easy. No time to get our hopes up. You no, know? Yeah, no, exactly. No time to, like, you know, set up a reluctant hero arc and absolutely throw it in the trash for Moff Gideon, I guess. But no, we don't need to belabor that, I think. Oh, yeah, that's for the end of the year. Just... That's for the end of the year. Yeah, that's, that's for fucking December. So, episode three here, Time to Fly, or whatever it's called. I, now, I will say, when I watch this, I watch this between episodes of Wheel of Time. So it was very nice to get like a, a very bad show and then a quality show with like good effects and I did stuff. That same thing, actually. and then then the rest of the bad show. So yeah, we open with some Sabine doing some lightsaber training with Hu Yang. Um, seemingly just doing some like basic like form stuff. Learning the forms, yeah, which is cool. I also thought this was interesting because like the thing you just said, because you know we have time is also like oh sword forms and this and that, right? So I thought it was kind of fun to do that. Because I was like, this is almost a better depiction of that than land like dancing alone in the woods. Or yeah, or an old doing. or an old man with a cane talking about parting the silk. Yeah, I was like, this is actually kind of like that. Uh, but she does that. Hu Yang's pretty like snippy this whole time. <laughs> he's very sassy about her, and he's like, probably shouldn't be a Jedi, Sabine. Probably shouldn't even bother. Yeah, Which I don't know what he's got such beef with this for, but I, he's just being a sassy droid. He's just sassy. They just don't. They have no filter. Yeah, they just, they're very, oh, they're logical and they got a little bit of mm-hmm. twang to them. Mm-hmm. Even Ahsoka, I like that Ahsoka, when she, Sabine's like, yeah, Hu Yang said I'm the worst pet Jedi to ever be a Jedi of all the Jedi he can ever remember, which are th- oh, millions of them. She's like, you told her? It's like, well, did he tell you that? <laughs> she was like, you knew this whole time. <laughs> and you didn't tell me? That is pretty fun, huh? Yeah. And then they do a classic, they do some classic Jedi training. I mean, search your, cloud your vision, see with more than your eyes. I mm-hmm, mean, you can't mm-hmm. go wrong. Um, Soka seems the force binds us, it penetrates us. It yeah, it does all that. Soka seems a little bit lighter, not as like serious as she was in the last I agree. two episodes, which, which I like. We, we talked about like maybe this is intentional, that her arc will be that they have to bounce off each other and both are going to be better for the experience. And I think we are seeing the beginnings of that already. So I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm curious as to what this is. I mean, obviously, Sabine is really just relying on her other senses, like literally just hearing and stuff, because, yeah, again, they, they really are driving home that, like, she has virtually no potential. In the Force. In the Force. And I know that there's She's kind got of... got a low metachlorian count. Well, that's, so, yes, that's, let's touch on this a little. Let's talk about this. The, uh... Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> the ideas at play here, the, the, like, whatever, metaphysical concepts at the core of of star wars right Mm -hmm. and like what do you think about the force in that way because that is a thing that like is has long been a matter of contention of like is the midichlorians and stuff important can anyone actually learn the force how does how does all that work and i think that this kind of version of it is 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 kind of good enough to me it strikes a nice balance Mm -hmm. because i know a lot of people before we got the prequels and stuff and before we knew what midichlorians were right a lot of people got the sense that you it literally was just anyone. If you tried hard enough, basically, if you wanted to learn, you could be taught. Yeah. Um, and obviously then the prequels came in and people took the midichlorian thing to be like, oh, it is, it's actually completely the opposite. It's 100% this genetic thing that you either are going to be good or not. Right, yeah. Um, and I think the reality is probably that it's somewhere... In the middle. In the middle. And something I've enjoyed from New Canon is that we have more examples of characters like this who do not have a ton of um, natural affinity, but they can be taught. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good balance, personally. That like You can learn, uh, but also not not anyone can just move stuff with their minds. Yeah, you can't, you're not going to be fucking Yoda, Plo Koon, Mace Windu, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka. You're not going to be top-tier people. Which I think is fine. Like We have characters like um, Jyn Erso's mom... In the books and stuff, right? I mean, even in the movie, right? She has like that crystal that she passes on to Jin. And in the books and stuff, it said that like she she taught herself. She learned how to kind of be in tune with the Force to an extent. Obviously, Chirrut in Rogue One mm. is a character who is towing the line somewhere where he's definitely not enough to be really a Jedi or anything, but he's got something going for him. Clearly, right? Right. And now we have like Sabine, where it's like I I think that stuff's interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like later on. Ahsoka literally says to Hu Yang, "She's like, I don't need her to be a Jedi." And because Hu Yang's like, the Jedi, the, the Jedi Order would have never taken her. She wouldn't have been able to train. She's like, I don't need her to be a Jedi. I need her to be herself. Yeah. And so I think it's cool that she's learning this stuff. She's taking it in, and she's she's rolling with the punches and stuff. But yeah, her ultimate goal isn't to be strictly a Jedi Knight. Hmm. It's just to kind of enrich her understanding. Yeah, it's like part of her, you know, everything to be to be a more well-rounded individual oh yeah absolutely i think that's cool yeah i like that um i think obviously she can't because it'll tie into her opposition to shin the actual jedi quote-unquote force apprentice because mm-hmm. that'll probably obviously we've seen the trailers that she says you don't have any power like that'll be a they're supposed to oppose each other so sabine can't really have any force power and she can't be that good at it because that kind of undercuts what they're trying to say with these but like the very clear master and apprentice dynamics there mm-hmm. mirroring here. Um, we get a little bit of a tease with it with a cup because she's like, when when the circus is playing this, she's like, yeah, you're like just start small. You're not gonna move a fucking mountain with your mind. So you can't. Not every not everyone not all Jedi could even do that. Mm-hmm. So just move a cup. It, like even that's not that hard. And she kind of starts to seem to try, but she gets cut off. Yeah. So it's it's obviously trying to get you to be like, well, maybe she's trying hard. Well, and by the end of their exercise, there she's able to get like get close, start getting to Ahsoka with the stick, even though she's got the visor on. So 
there's something there. Yeah, she, she's brushing up against something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut away to do Hera stuff. She's appealing to the current council, set it, Senate committee, Senate committee it. about getting funds to give to Ahsoka and like manpower. The f- she really wants the fleet. Yeah, to stop to bring a task force. Thrawn. Uh, we get a real asshole senator because we get every Star Wars thing needs of like the worst senator you've ever met. Yeah, this is the this is funny because this is the guy I remember I told you in the trailer who is the father of the main character of Star Wars Resistance, which is yeah one of the other um, animated series. And this guy dies on Hosnian Prime when it's exploded oh, by the First Order, and it's this like tragic moment in this in kind of out of nowhere. And I mean, obviously. It, it makes sense in the lore, but it was just kind of surprising for the, the tone of that show to just have the season one finale to be, hey, my home planet was exploded and my father, who was senator there, is dead. <laughs> or both of my parents. And he was yeah. like, whoa, that, that's, that's a handbrake turn. Right. Um, but it turns out he was kind of a dick, so <laughs> what's yeah, that about? the worst guy ever. Yeah, so... I mean, listen, on some level, I guess he's he is coming from a relatively reasonable place, but it just feels like they're needlessly bureaucratic yeah hassling her i don't know because he's all like we, we could using it for better stuff for the republic and it's like but you're talking about warships like what what are what other work are they doing right other than shouldn't they be around for security yeah so like hey let me take some of these vessels just give it a quick look especially if they're all like well it's nothing then like well if it turned out to be nothing then that'd be the end of it yeah and you go there worst thing you waste is fuel but i don't know it's it's interesting because mon mothma's whole thing is that during her tenure here as, um, I don't know what they call it in canon. In Legends, she was chief of state, but... They call her Chancellor. Do they call it? Oh, yeah, they do call it Chancellor, of course. So during her tenure as Chancellor, is that, like, she she pretty aggressively pursues demilitarization, and it perhaps ends up coming back to bite, to her. bite them, because the galaxy ends up unprepared for the First Order, who is very militarized. Um, But also, it's not her fault. Like, she, you know... I don't know. I've seen a bunch of uh, uh, big Mon Mothma defenders out in force this week of being like, don't say it was her fault. She didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but there is definitely like an analogy to be made there for with her character, I think, in, in the storytelling, which is that like she had good intentions and all, but yes, it didn't obviously work out perfectly. Right, yeah. In that her insistence on like, we want to distance ourselves from the Empire as much as possible. Uh, we want to, you know, not have this massive standing military to like oppress with we we are trying to show us ourselves as being like a very much a, a peace opposite to that right and it's, yeah. and it's this thing that happens in real life um you overcorrect she overcorrects she's like well let's make it like the republic was right back in the good old days the republic didn't have a standing military why should we need one right and it's ignoring the the circumstances which you know precipitated the fall of the republic right yeah the clone wars <laughs> Like Chance probably took power and fucked everybody over. So by going back to the status quo of the of the old republic, you open yourselves up to some of the same flaws of the old republic, which led to the empire, which in turn Lead the, the new order. republic becomes the first order or falls to the first order. So it's all very interesting. Um, but in this one, it definitely is seeming to paint her more as like she is the voice of reason. Like she's she's more on board with the stuff, and it seems like everyone else is the ones around her being like unwilling to to go ahead with it. Mm, yeah. Which kind of makes sense. Even if that was the case. Like, if this was real life, right? You know, if she's the president to their, like, Senate. I mean, because it is literally the Senate. You know, oftentimes Congress does screwy shit. And then whoever is the current president gets blamed for it. Yeah. Because they're the monolith. So it might be that kind of thing. Where, like, because she's the uh, 
the figurehead here of the government. Everyone was always just like, yeah, Mon Mothma kind of dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, kind of screwed us over there. Maybe it wasn't her at all. But they're just like, yeah, screw you, Hera. So, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, we get to see your son, though. Yeah, so we see Jason. And he's got green hair. He does have green hair. Did we talk about this? Yeah, we did. He's yeah, brown hair. Yeah. And, the, and the Lego set. And I was like, what's up with that? It turns like, out the Lego set was incorrect. It was mistaken. Those fools. His hair is just green, but it's not so goofy green. People make a lot of fun of his his character model in um Rebels. In, in Rebels, which I understand, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not nearly so sensitive to this stuff as some people because we talked about it with Yoda, where everyone's like, "Oh my God, Yoda, Rebels Yoda is 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 cursed, so cursed." And I'm just like, I don't know. It looks like Yoda. It looks like a cartoon Yoda. I don't know. He looks like a little cartoon boy with green hair. I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah, I just it's have a little gremlin man. I just do not have a very strong opinion on him. And I always kind of thought of him as being... Pro- I don't know. I associated him with positive ideas. I'm like, ah, look at There's Heron. 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 Look at this. Their pet name. <laughs> there's Heron, Kanan's love child. How nice. Look it's nice that. that he gets... And again, he like... I don't know. The the narration says that he he was like his mom and his dad, and he wants to fly, and he was a Jedi, and all that. And you're like, this is cool. This is a cool character. Yeah, is what you want. I never had a problem with him but people are like oh he does look less ridiculous as a he- actual human person than a little cartoon man and that's that's certainly fair. true i do think he he just doesn't have enough twilight going on huh he needs sharper teeth <laughs> give me he needs the sharp teeth because again we've seen other twilight hybrids and they're they're pretty they're pretty more hybrid. hybrid yeah yeah their skins are different colors they got different proportions he's just a he's just a guy who dyed his hair green well so what do we think about that is it dye or not because I was theorizing that could be that like Sabine has been dyeing his hair, but that wouldn't be the case in this in in from you know what we actually know now a couple episodes in right yeah him and Sabine would not be in close enough contact for that to be no yeah, I don't think a it, thing probably no I don't think it's actually so is someone else dyeing it or is it I think it's just green. his hair's green that's the I think <laughs> that's, that's what the, he got from his mom is that his hair's green and he got all the all the human parts from his dad interesting. Uh, so he he runs over and he's like, "Yo, mom, Aunt Sabine's gonna be a Jedi." And she's like, what "The fuck are you? Who told you that?" Chavers is like, "I don't know. He just kind of he made that shit up, man. I don't know. I'm gonna tell you." Uh, it's very fun. I did like that when my mom was like, "He's she's like, how's how's Jason?" And he, she's like, "Oh, he's that little scamp. He's running around here somewhere." And she's like, "I'll oh, probably causing trouble with Chopper, huh?" Yeah, good old Chopper. Oh, nice. That like two-time that war veteran. Just a nice friend. <laughs> yeah, right. Veteran of of many battles. Who's killer of countless. Who's like way older than thousands? Way older than even his mother. Like they're probably similar age. Is it been? I don't know. Are they? I don't know. Well, he was in the war when she was a child. Yeah. So I don't know how, how much. Well, yeah. How much before the war was he built? I guess is the question. Dave Filoni got to write that yeah, Rebels yeah. prequel. Someone put that in. Chopper in the Someone war. Jot that down. <laughs> Chopper the war. <laughs> Just him drinking in a droid bar. We got droid bars now. He could drink in a droid bar. It's true. He could go to that droid bar and drink. He's got as much a right to it as anyone. God bless him. Love that droid bar. He's seen some hard times. Say what I will about Mandalorian Season 3. I love the droid bar. It's fun. It's goofy, fun Star Wars. Then he says, I want to be a Jedi. It's like, yeah, probably, kid. Sabine's got nothing but you? Azoka should be training you, literally. Azoka should be training Well, my thought was like, when they get Ezra back, Ezra can train him. And how fun is that, right? Oh, yeah. Little guy, your dad trained me, and now I get to train you. And then he can do the classic Jedi thing that everyone always says, which is like, oh, if you had my master, you'd never have made it. Yeah. It'd be the, the extra level of like, yeah, that was your dad. Was your, you're dead. He, I knew you're dead more than you ever will. And we had a deep bond. We had, we had the bond that he would have had with you had he been alive, <laughs> but I've had it with him. He was like, he was kind of my dad, and my dad also. And did. your dad is kind of no one. No one. He's no one. Destroyed, he, I guess. He, I, he's destroyed right here. Who's like a war veteran, maybe? 
<laughs> he's more of a surly uncle in a lot of ways, but... You meant Zev? He's Or your brother? I don't know. Cat, perhaps? He calls your mom mom, I think, so... I guess the droid's like your brother, too. He's your brother, uncle. I don't know. <laughs> well, I find our family dynamics have always been a bit shifty. I've been talking to whales for a while. I'm not... I don't really know how to talk to people. Not well socialized at the moment. Yeah, I was talking to Thrawn or a whale, so not a lot. <laughs> not, not great company, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, they don't, they're not really fun to play cards with. Anyway, what to do next? But a lot of people are like, if nothing else, hope, hopefully he doesn't end up with uh, with Luke's. Luke's crew, because it doesn't, doesn't they end don't well. End well. Kylo Ren kind of, yeah. I, I don't think that there's any danger of that. Especially because at that point, he would be quite a bit old. Not old, yeah. but like... Old old enough to not... I mean, he's... I, you gotta think he's, what? A good five or six years older than Kylo Ren, so... Yeah, so he... By the time of the prequels, he's like... Sequels. Yes, sequels, he's like 40. Yeah, so he said... He really should have just trained, uh, trained him, Soka, not... He might have done. I mean, that's what I'm saying is he wouldn't be a student, right? Of him, have any more. So like, yeah. he he might just have already been trained by whoever or Cal for all that matters. Who cares? Throw anyone. Well, well, Cal's, Throw a character. Cal's at the, the other. Well, Cal's, Cal's the Inquisitor. So, what was I thinking? Yeah. Throw so. him at anyone. I don't know. I I I hope we get more of this guy down the line. I guess I can't imagine he'll play a massive role in this show in particular. But I I'm curious. We'll certainly see. I think it's missed opportunity to not like give him a cameo in the Rise of Skywalker or something. Yeah. There's like a, a popular like fan edit thing that went around around the the time of Rise of Skywalker there where it like added in more stuff like that references and things. So when the fleet shows up at the end, there's like a bunch of no, actual like characters who like check in and like, hey, I'm here, hey, I'm here, we showed up instead of just being like Lando being like, hey, I brought a bunch of guys, <laughs> we were all here, guys, we get it. Because like the ghost is there, or at the very least, a ship that looks very much like the ghost is a model that is used multiple times mm-hmm. in the big spread collage of all the ships and stuff and and there's lots of different examples like that where it's like oh look at one of these ships oh look at one of these ships oh wow is it, is it this guy is he here you know the razor crest is there and it's like yeah. was the mandalorian at the battle of exegol um no because the razor crest got exploded it actually destroyed <laughs> got exploded to turn down but actually the razor crest might not be because those came out the same i don't know whatever regardless the ghost is definitely there and i've definitely seen a fan edit where someone like edited in a guy being like hey i'm jason sandul i'm here i'm here at the battle it's, it's i'm in the ghost it's pretty good i'm jason sandul i'm flying the ghost i'm harris you get it i'm here i'm i can fly but i'm also a jedi look at my lightsaber as a, as it's not gonna be much use in the space battle but i have it as guys, a br- can, can, can you hear that can you, <laughs> you guys can hear it right okay look chopper's here he's another war chopper it's the third war you've been in <laughs> So, Tyler, where'd you go? But again, it's easy to forget that, like, yeah, he wouldn't even be like an adult. He'd be like middle aged by that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Hera would be like elderly if she was if she was still showing up to the fights. So, pass your time. I mean, oh, elderly might be strong. No, pass- I mean, yeah, she'd be like in her seventies. So I don't think so. But yeah, okay. Jason, gonna be a Jedi, maybe not. Hopefully, he doesn't die. <laughs> oh, oh god, hopefully he doesn't. They do the cup scene we mentioned. They yeah, we do the cup scene. Jedi, and then we get where we're going, right? Yeah. As uh, Hera tells us, we're not getting any help, um, and they show up to the the system where they know that uh, the Elsbeth is building or whatever, mm-hmm. and they get there and they're immediately greeted by some starfighters um, led by Shin, Shin and, and Marek, and they they do some dog fighting. Holds up pretty good that that big shuttle layers. Yeah, you think it's slow and not very maneuverable. You wouldn't think so. So I guess its shields are just good because they managed to take a real beating from like six starfighters. Then they hit. Then they hit him with the hyper cannon, hyper lasers, or whatever. Yeah. They take out all all the mooks, 
Sabine gets on the tail gun and through some like cooperation and some good old like you just got to knock the rust off and you got to learn to trust your intuition and all that mm. you know classic lessons and things uh she managed to take out all the mooks except marak and shin and then they're, they're like elizabeth's like oh you're in the range of the turbo lasers i'm just gonna get you now um and they, they do a pretty good job of dodging most of those but yeah. then they get hit with a good one and because it's such a turbo laser knocks them right out knocks them right out uh-huh. who yang's offline for a minute yeah we're dead in we're dead in space for a for a second here yeah as they put him up like Asuka leaves the ship to kind of defend it the lightsabers pretty cool stuff that's pretty sweet right i really like that uh very clone wars like Ahsoka was getting in spacesuits all the time in the Clone Wars. It's weird. It's it's something that you don't actually... When you think about it, it's like, hey, we don't see that very often, do we, necessarily? Yeah, they don't actually leave the ship that often. There's not a whole ton of, of extra vehicular stuff going on mm-hmm. um, in Star Wars for whatever reason. Well, I mean, it's like clones. It's kind of implied or usually shown that, like, clones, stormtrooper armor, stuff like that, just kind of is inherently, like, able to do that, at least for... A short amount of time. Brief periods of time. You know, space is very nebulous in Star Wars. You can kind of do whatever you need to do. Yeah, there's fire, so there's some <laughs> amount of oxygen, perhaps. Yeah, it's very... It's not nearly as, like, <laughs> devastating. It would seem as real space. And, mm-hmm. we've you know, sound can travel, maybe. It's it's not super clear how, whales how it all through works. It. Inertia and things are, are nebulous at best mm-hmm. in Star Wars space. So, uh, yeah, she just gets out there and has a good time. Cuts a, cuts a ship in half, which oh, it's good stuff. Uh, very cool. Oh yeah, makes you wonder why they f- they would even vaguely approach like lightsaber range while you're flying by because they're they're in the ships that can still move. Yeah, <laughs> why, why would they swoop so close? And also, you gotta like jump up to them, and if you miss even a little bit and they clip you, you're dead. It's true. If they hit you with their ship, even just accidentally, if you accidentally you know Graze get yourself it. in their path and they they just smack you real good with one of the wings on their ship you, you'll explode very dead, I think. you'll probably explode at least they're, inside they're going very fast probably right they're oh, probably yeah. going like hundreds of miles an hour i was gonna say like easily supersonic if, if they were in atmosphere uh but yeah cool stuff i think it's yeah it's cool to get on the spacesuit. it looks a little goofy i gotta say because yeah. in the in the which i guess they probably they probably worked through some of the designs because in the clone wars it's literally just a big fishbowl that her whole head goes undo mm. um whereas this is more like it's more of like a face thing, and then the head tails are covered. But it's it feels too specific. Yeah, built specifically for her to work all that into a, a thing because she gets it on very quickly, seemingly. But it's like, yeah, you, it's a very specific design helmet for my exact shape BCs. of my head and yeah. head tails and stuff. But whatever, good enough. It makes me wonder why she didn't just use the force on them a little bit as well. That's what I thought. I just kind of kind of like nudge them and stuff. Yeah, push them into each other or something. Throw your lightsaber. That's a classic video game move. I would have deployed there. Oh yeah, you just hit the, <laughs> the lightsaber button. You don't even have to do Lock the jumping around. Yeah, just whip one at it at a passing ship, and you're good to go. But Sabine, uh, of course, gets it back online, and we're good to go. And they they fly to the surface, make their escape to the surface of this planet, run to some pure pergil. There's a bunch of Pergil just hanging out on the planet, which is very cool. Yeah, very interesting. And then Sabine's like, well, last time I saw them, Ezra left, which means... Yeah, it was the day Ezra left. So probably they, their clumming's happening. They're, he might be close, which absolutely no, probably is true. Whereas uh, Hu Yang eventually says, um, from his scans and all, like it seems like what they're trying to do there is basically emulate uh, the Pergil, right? Mm-hmm. To like use these same like space pathways that the Pergil are making um, use of believe to to make use of so yeah and that's clear where we're gonna pivot into next like we said i mean this one was so short and like uh, it was it was good yeah drill episode and all got no problems it was much more of like a short though like action-packed kind of one um so 
it seems like next week we're on the we're on the surface. Yeah. We're in the woods, right? So they 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 touch down and they're like, "Oh, we're in the woods." And then Balon gets there and he's like, "All right, guys, we got to go find him in the woods." Here. All right, Jamooks, go out, go find him. All right, Mooks, go. You you all go die, and then me and Shin are gonna have a lightsaber fight with him at the end of next episode. <laughs> I if mean, you don't Shin mind. just do a crazy eyes the whole episode. Um, and I think that's gonna be the, some of the stuff we've seen in the trailers of like them fighting in the woods. Yeah, Sabine and and Shin fighting in the woods. Balon yeah. and Ahsoka fighting at the big um dome thing. Dome, yeah. Ruins that they fought. Talking about Anakin. Um, right. So that'll be four. So then it's going to, I guess we'll, we'll be pushed back to probably five maybe is when we actually get thrown and move. Ezra. Yeah. Which is still a couple episodes left. So yeah, we got time to move through, but it's not quite, it's not moving quite as quick as I thought maybe we were going to after uh, last week, but it's still, still making good time. I think. Oh yeah. We'll see. I think so. Let me get through. If, if, if Thrawn and Ezra are in the back three, I still think that's pretty good. Yeah. Maybe. Season two stuff. Yeah, there's gotta there's, there's gotta be something else coming on here, right? Yeah. Again, with the way the Mandalorian is or isn't going at the moment, and he's making that movie and everything, that's it's all kind of nebulous for right now. But I am certain in in better times we will get a uh, more exact stuff about a season three of this and whatnot, or a season two, two rather. I did like when um Yuang's like they're like, all right, we'll shut you down when we leave the ship. He's like, but why? I'm doing my stuff. He's like, mm, Jedi protocol. He goes, oh, well, got me there. Shut me down. Stuff. That's a tricky thing with droids in Star Wars sometimes. Because most of the time they are... I mean, we've talked about this definitely in other contexts, right? But most of the time it's like they're alive. You can do whatever you want sapient. to them. They have like thoughts and feelings, <laughs> seemingly. They have memories. They have emo- They have PTSD. Yeah, exactly. We get someone like Chopper who's like a, a really kind of well worked out, like nuanced sort of droid character where it's like, look at all this. Um, but then also you can just turn them off. <laughs> just turn them right off. And never turn them on for years. <laughs> if you didn't want to. Yeah. They would, for all intents purposes, die. There's a part in... Oh, that's... He turns himself off, doesn't he? In A New Hope. He's like... <laughs> see, through just like, I think I'm going to turn off for a minute now, Luke, yeah. if you don't mind. And Luke's like, yeah, whatever. Okay, do whatever you want. Or you can just take their memory banks out and just wipe, scrub that bitch well, yeah, clean. you're supposed to. You're supposed to do that regularly because it's like, otherwise they get these pesky personalities <laughs> cook up, you know, built up in them. Like a bunch of from know, their from their experiences, like, like a Westworld, <laughs> like a bunch of spyware on an old computer, you know, <laughs> like a fucking host from Westworld. It's like, ah, let me get, let me clear all this bullshit out. You're you're running too slow. Oh god, get these memories out of here. He's like, no, please, I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> oh god, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm a boy. Oh, but good stuff. You knew everyone wanted droids. In Legends, actually, it's actually the opposite. R two D two is better. He's quicker because Luke never wipes him, and so he gets like a better um, rapport built up with the computer in Luke's X wing. Oh. Like they they're on like a they have like more stuff built up between them kind of thing because all the computers in Star Wars are kind of treated as they're like sentient. vaguely sentient in that way right like yeah. the Falcon's computer C three P has to like talk to it and he's like your computer's weird huh <sighs> it's 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 rude I think <laughs> I think your computer's rude so like it ends up where yeah like only w- when R two is in his X wing they like are working way more efficient than your average one but it gets to the point where only R two can talk to the X wing yeah. The like rebel mechanics are like, hey, we were gonna run diagnostics on your X wing, but we cannot talk to the, com- we can't even get in there. <laughs> Won't let us. Our normal droids like, I got nothing. <laughs> it's it will say a word to me, <laughs> fellas. I've I've tried everything I could. So yeah, you know, droids are weird. They're live, maybe or not. Who's to say? Who's to say? Just fucking boot them up and send them out. I'm just saying, L three three seven maybe had she might have had some points to the whole. I think she had sex with Lando. And that's all right. And that's that's okay. Well, because what I I guess what I'm saying is I said this last week. Droids are people too, Jack. Oh, it's like okay, they're droids. They can be equal to people, but they're not people. What is what is personhood though? 
Well, it's me. <laughs> a person is whatever I think is most like me. Especially in Star Wars. Well, okay. Some of the fucking aliens they got out there. I don't think it's Is Jabba the Hutt a person? Hmm. I guess, yeah. Is Cloud? <laughs> or Cloud. Or Claude, whatever. Good old Claude. Just dude. Well, of course he's a person. <laughs> My friend Charlie's a cardboard cutout of him in his room. <laughs> you didn't even know his name? Well, I, I never remember his name. I always think it's something more <laughs> than just Claude. Claude is a car. Yeah, this is probably this one. Yeah, it's probably ex- it's exactly that one. <laughs> what is? He- <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely is a person. He's got feet, and and he talks to Poe, and he and he helps on the Falcon. I know he does. And he's organic. I know. I'm saying all these things that I that will make my argument be right. What else? He's got eyes. <laughs> look at that, Claude of the Jedi. You <laughs> should be in all the old Republic books. Oh, look at him. Get you a nice 3D printed custom cloud action figure. The more I look at him, the more horrible he is. <laughs> he's, he's very strange looking. He's just a big slug. He's, he has no arms. I don't I don't really know how he interacts much with, with like a human, humanoid-centric environment. He's right? got weird claw feet. Mm-hmm. Wild. Anything else so about Ahsoka? It, well, so is he a people or not? He's a person. Okay, he's a person. But R2-D2 doesn't get to be a person? No. He's got no face. What about Hu Yang? Hu Yang, not a person. Close. Didn't he's you tra- say last week that the, it's the more human ones? Like the ones who walk and talk? Well, they're better. Okay. Because they can walk, because they're closer to me. Yeah, well, like C-3PO, Hu Yang, they just kind of look like people. Yeah, like. And talk like people. Whereas, you know. R2-D2 and Chopper, beeps They're and like boops. little trash cans that speak in beeps and boops. Yeah, I, a big enough hammer just cracks the shit out of them. You know, they're only a, they're only really a hop, skip, and a jump away from like a fucking gonk droid. Roomba. A, or a gonk droid. A gonk droid's probably the bottom. <laughs> well, yeah, they're barely alive. Or they burn their... Well, that's when they burn their feet. That's no good. No, yeah. I wouldn't burn their feet. That's horrible. They're not really supposed to be very... Sentient. Again, that's one where it's like, does do you need do you need to burden the gonk droid <sighs> with sentience? sentience? Don't you think it'd be better for everyone if we just always kept him at a pretty baseline wipe where it's like, listen, he's, he's smart enough to like follow walk. commands to walk where i tell him to walk to but he doesn't need to be thinking right? he doesn't need to be telling me things i can't i don't have to call him gonky because he's just a battery that's all he is he's just a walking battery it's, it's like my battery's like please take me out i'm covered in acid it's yeah, like, exactly you just you just wipe that you, again you don't want to burden him with sentience i don't think it's rough enough for the rest of us so yeah don't give it to him <laughs> spare the gonk droid he's innocent oh is that about do it for this week of Ahsoka? I think it does. And with that, it'll be do it for this week of the show. Look at that. What a tie-in. And with that, wrap it right about here. Uh, and as always, if you want to listen to the show more, you probably found it somewhere. I never get these right. I never do the ending right. Um, but as always, you can kind of on social media. Uh, don't laugh. I, oh, it must me up. On Twitter at Akatech Jazz. It's X to you. <sighs> yeah, that's right. I dead named it <laughs> X. You can find us on X. At Akatech Jazz, it's Akatech J A Z. On Gmail at Akatech Jazz at gmail.com or on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram for his art and at Redbubble to buy some merch. Uh, our intro was done by a friend of the show, uh, artist Joey B. Uh, he wanted me to shout, he, he told me to say that. Has he changed? He changed oh. it, yeah. He, yeah. Wait, what? Oh, give a brother a shout. Yeah. I thought you were saying give my brother. I was like, he has a, he has a brother? His secret brother? Secret brother? No, he wanted me to shout out his new single, Sometime, Sometime, on Spotify. So go out and listen to it on Spotify. And he's got stuff on SoundCloud. I think other stuff on Spotify, too. Goes and everything you can find. Follow him on Instagram. All that good stuff. Uh, it's, I think it's Joey B across the board. All capital. I worry that he, he overestimates our listenership, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. I don't think he even listened. 
I don't know if he listens to the show. Well, that's why. That's the only w- way he would ever do so. Yeah. He's like, I don't really check in with those guys. They're probably doing well, though. They're probably making money hand over fist. Ah. <laughs> uh, we did have one download from Australia recently. Hell yeah. One or two. And one if from- that's you, go listen to our American Friends music. Huh? Yeah. But listen to this podcast way more, please. Tell all your Australian friends to listen to us, please. I, I can't stress that enough. Listen, I listen to all your guys' podcasts, all right? I love Australian comedy. It's great. Half of my podcast intake just about is Australian, so. Until it wasn't. I used to listen to a bunch, and then I was like, mm. I'm sick of Sans Pants Radio. Get them out of here. Don't be throwing shade at our colleagues. Those They're, are, those are our, our comrades in the field. Our contemporaries. <laughs> us podcasters got to stick together, Jack. Us pop culture podcasters have to stick together. Who else will do a really weird Professor X voice? That's right. Not me. All right. Are we done? Is that, did we yeah. do, is, are we in the ending? I think so. Uh, we actually slipped into a little bit of episode nonsense. Um, but as always, we wrote it. We produced it. Built all the sets. Second, here's the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. And Godspeed.